0: I think something's taking over our school. Body snatches is a story somebody made up, Dingus. It's located in the fiction section of the line. Yeah, and so is Schiller's List.
1: Look, all fiction is based
2: on some truth, right? What does Miss Burke teach us in English 101? Write what you know. How do we know this writer guy, Jack Finney, didn't encounter aliens in his high school, which led him to write a book about an alien
0: invasion? Your conspiracy theory is flawed. How so? Well, Jack Finney's the body snatchers is a blatant ripoff of the puppet masters by Robert Heinlein. So you can completely disregard that entire work, whatever. The point is they're here. They've been here and they're here again. You know, I you think you've interacted with the flagpole on too many times. Look, how do you know there's not a conspiracy? Look, maybe the X files is right.
2: Now where do all these movies come from anyway? How do we know Spielberg, Lucas, Sonnenfeld, Emmerich haven't been visited by aliens? You know, maybe they're aliens themselves. Maybe they're simply preparing us for what's to come. You know what, Casey? it's fiction, okay? It's science fiction. Exactly. Everybody gets hung up on the science part which has nothing to do with it. They're getting at us to the fiction. Listening to the Bust Kill Podcast.
0: I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode fifty-six. Welcome to the Buzzkill
1: Podcast, the only podcast where, hey, we'll admit it, we'll get down with a hot alien chick. Even if she does kill us at the end.
0: <laughs> kind of like a sexy praying mantis. Yeah, baby. Yeah. There you go.
1: <laughs> Down on those knees, just praying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey! That's uh,
0: cool. I made the funny.
1: That is Michael. I'm Jim. <laughs> and I'm
0: Justin. What's happening, folks? What's
1: going on, guys? How are you? Good, good. Good. What, what are you doing? Oh, oh, I'm, I'm Mike. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I oh. skipped me. Yeah, well, I, I introduced you. <laughs> Thank you. I got Appreciate.
0: you covered,
2: bud. Don't worry about it.
0: We should all introduce each other. Where you're like, "That's Mike," and I'm like, "And that was Jim," and then Mike introduces me, <laughs> and, then you, and then you can
2: leave. Go away, Justin. Yeah, I. All could. right. We don't uh, need you.
1: Yes, we do. Well, what's going on, fellas? Not a whole lot, guys. How was the uh, How was the week treated you since last we convened? I don't remember much about this last, <laughs> we, last week. We drink a lot. No, I wasn't drinking that much. I just can't. Can you? What the hell did we do this week? Um, oh, I found us a sponsor. Yeah for the uh, for the podcast. What yeah? is it? Uh, this week's episode is being sponsored by Jose Bank Suit oh. Rentals. <laughs> Wait, no, it's not. Fuck those people. Yeah. Um... If you're ever getting married, and it's a national company, so I think most people probably know who they are. Maybe. If <laughs> yeah. you're getting married, or you need a suit for anything, do not go to Jose Bank. And Worst why is that? Fucking service I've ever had in my life. Really?
2: Well, <laughs> my my's... Ever. <laughs> we're we're standing up in our buddy's wedding on friday uh and um and we've had a terrible experience with this place I warned him because i went I went to the same place for my wedding and just had an absolute shit experience mm-hmm. and then I warned him he's like, yeah, I was thinking about going with Jose Bank and I was like, don't Don't do it. Mm -hmm. Their name doesn't even
0: have suit in the name. It has bank (laughs) in the name. They just take your fucking money. (laughs) Exactly what it is. Uh. Yes! (laughs) Stupid. And I told them. I said, don't do
2: it. Don't do it, man. And uh, here here you go. A little and behold. Another terrible experience.
1: So our buddy's getting married on uh, Friday. We're recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, So two days from now, our buddy's getting married. By the time you hear this, he will already have made the unfortunate plunge. But uh, So (laughs) we went into there, what, a month and a half ago? to get our suits? Two months ago, maybe. Something like I don't that. Know. Yeah. With plenty of time, right? Bullet, plenty of Bullet time.
2: points, because you could go on about this I really like could, an I really hour. could.
1: Long story short, we went in there a month and a half, two months ago. We got fitted for the suits. I asked specifically, like, what, two or three times at least, can we pay for the suits when we come back for the second fitting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's great. We go back for the second fitting. They never ordered our suits. So now we're like two weeks out, maybe, and um, we have no suits. So they remeasure us. Don't listen to a word we say about what we want. Uh, order a suits. We go back about a week later. James is is fine. Mine is not. They definitely ordered the wrong jacket. <laughs> oh jeez! Completely show you a pic- different cut. I'll show Jose
2: you, Bank. I'll show you a picture later. He looks like Pee Wee Herman. Oh yeah, that's awful. I'm <laughs> I'm
1: swimming in this thing. I'm a pretty spelt guy. Okay, I can't. Uh, I needed the slim fit. So they ordered me the wrong jacket, and then so then they, uh, they go to order it again. And they tell me, oh, well, we can't find the jacket now. Apparently, they don't have a 40 short slim anywhere in the entire country. (laughs) Well, make me one. Two two days go by. I don't hear from him. He's trying to track one down for me. The groom has to call another Jose Bank in Chicago, talk to a manager, and within a half an hour, they track down a suit coat in South Carolina. Wow. The groom had to do this. listen
2: if there's anybody who works at jose bank listening to this we don't doubt the fact that maybe some of you are competent it's just this particular store there's at least two of them (laughs) them that
1: are probably competent probably this
2: particular store is full of a bunch of shit they then tell
1: me they're going to overnight the jacket they don't and so now we are two days away from the wedding and i just today finally got the
0: suit in and it still doesn't fucking fit it's wrong it still doesn't (laughs) fucking fit uh, Which would be fine if it was just for whatever, but you're supposed to match with everybody and have the same slim no, fit no. type of suit, right? Right. The right?
1: same. The problem is that the jacket is is tailored for somebody with fucking T Rex arms.
2: Ah. Oh. That's the problem with it, it. Was it was like a pre used jacket
1: that somebody returned? Oh, I'm so pissed. <laughs> Corporate is going to get a mouthful or an earful, I, <laughs> tweets full. I, I might just face fuck them too. <laughs> that might happen. Facebook, uh, you I mad? Mean. Facebook. No. Yeah, same face def- fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So like a
2: sexy praying mantis
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's what my last like two weeks has just been dealing with this shit I'm so uh, done with, with it I've just been kind
2: of sitting by watching laughing realizing that I have the correct suit but it still fits like shit because <laughs> Jose <laughs> Bank sucks <laughs> All uh, right. anyway boys
0: um, Yeah. What do we? uh... Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a minute. You didn't even ask me what I did, and I have to tell you really quick. It's short, simple. I bought a cat. Nobody cares. (laughs) That's all.
2: (laughs) Why didn't you bring your cat to the studio? Because it would pee.
0: No, it probably wouldn't. I texted him earlier. I said we need a studio cat. Yeah, bring bring, a studio cat. Bring
1: Mr. Thomas. Thomas.
0: I'll get a studio lion. (laughs) Ooh, I'm okay with that. (laughs) That's it. How's the? Is it? Is it a rescue? It is a rescue, yeah. It was so,
2: was it like abuse or anything It was it was
0: left on some lady's front porch in the middle of the night in the pouring rain in a in a cage. Huh. And he was soaked and they uh, rescued him and he was in foster for a handful of months and then we picked him up.
2: But he's good tempered and everything. Oh, he's awesome. I saw a picture of him sleeping on your Chest while you were asleep, it was adorable. Yeah, went from they, <laughs> they said it'll
0: be a couple weeks before he starts coming around, and within the day he was hopping up on the couch on us and cool. sleeping in our bed, and so it's awesome. That's awesome. That's Justin. I Just...
2: didn't know that. Well, uh, well, you used to have a cat, didn't you? We what did. What yeah. was that cat's name? Me and Mike couldn't figure it out. Sassy. 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 That, that
0: was my sister's cat. Did, <laughs> did we? Have,
2: did was Brian's cat named Flowers or something? Somebody, <laughs> somebody had a cat named Flowers. I can't. I don't know. Maybe but, I was drunk. I probably was. I never met a pussy
1: that smelled like flowers, though. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Ah, shut up. All right, well, uh, occasionally on this show, I I mean, I I mostly say uh, really smart, intelligent, correct things, but every once in a while, Mike says things that are stupid, so let's talk about those. Yep. Stupid! You're so stupid!
1: All right, so uh, so last week you said a dumb thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, you were you were pretty convinced that Annabelle had the biggest opening weekend before it, and that could not have been further from the truth. Um, the, uh, the the it, the we were talking about it breaking all the records, and you had said that Annabelle uh, had the biggest opening record uh, recently, and that's not true at all. Annabelle paired and in comparison comparison. Um, the, the, the movie that it actually uh, broke the record of was Paranormal Activity Three, that made fifty three point or fifty two point five million dollars its opening weekend.
0: Okay,
1: er, so so
2: what was the statistic that we because because uh, Get Out had it, there was something
0: just no, like there was, a, there yeah, was, there there was w- something
2: just like a, a few months ago about Get Out shattering all kinds of records. And then Annabelle
1: shattered that record, and then yeah, it might have been oh, I forget what it, was. it might have been opening night maybe, maybe I don't know there's I something should. but it wasn't that wasn't <laughs> the record that they broke though, um, and then also I said I made the mistake of calling an actor uh, I said oh I thought his name was Gregory Peck I don't know why I keep thinking that and then we laughed about him and we moved on mm-hmm. yeah Gregory Peck is a real actor yeah I know yeah. Yeah. a very famous real actor He's that, kill I, a that I didn't even realize I'm an idiot yeah very oh. famous guy
2: oh okay i i didn't i I don't think at the time it didn't really register with me who it was but then I like shortly after in the within the show I was yep. thinking about it, I was like oh is that Finch
1: he was in Hitchcock movies uh both Cape Fears <clears throat> the Omen like you said to kill a mockingbird
2: both Cape Fears yep. like the the remake with uh yep. Bob De Niro Yep. Where was Gregory
1: Peck in that movie? He was well. He was an old man at that point, so oh, yeah. he, was, he played the old guy. I'm assuming.
2: You've never seen that, that <laughs> I have remake, not. have you? I've not seen either of them. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, I like that movie. It's so. I good.
1: wouldn't. I wouldn't consider those movies that make me a douche necessarily, but I should probably see them. You're just a douche, just in yes, general. That's, that's yeah. actually very true. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, anything else? I... Uh, nope. That's it for last week. That's it. Let's move on to this week.
2: Uh, this week, we're talking about familians we, we yes. feel we feel like uh like you know everybody's always talking about aliens and it, you always kind of you always kind of think of aliens in a
1: a masculine light I always think of aliens as sexy because of those those long <laughs> skinny <laughs> tender gray bodies like oh, they just yeah. oh, they just do it for me well it, now it's that like they... a, it's like an emaciated like model just wasting away it's like well, my favorite thing ever we just wanted to we want <laughs> <laughs> oh we want to give those female aliens
2: we, we what they deserve. A, we just got a little peek behind the curtain on <laughs> on Mike's taste in women. Hey, man. Um, we just wanted to spotlight the the uh, femme fatales of the mm-hmm. of the alien Definitely. world. And And so we, uh,
1: what? And let it be known, this is, I think, the fourth time now we've done an alien show.
2: (laughs) Well, you don't have to bring that up. It makes us look like we don't have. uh, No, I don't
1: care. I I will do an entire podcast just about aliens.
2: That's right. Because I love them. And we will. We're going to. I guess.
0: <laughs> Bring to, our friend Tom to and Long And then my wife, oh, and then then my wife will
2: leave me because this podcast already takes enough of my time. <laughs> um, yeah. So this week, instead of aliens, we're talking about femalians. Female aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you... We didn't coin that term, I don't think, did no, we? No.
1: We actually found out after we watched stuff. There actually is a movie, I believe from the 80s or the 90s, one of the two, called Femalian. Oh, okay. I didn't well, even know about
2: it. Well, that... Uh, that makes sense. Believe, so, or believe it or not, <clears throat>
1: there are movies we don't know about.
2: <laughs> that's that's false. <laughs> uh, so this week we're talking about females mm-hmm. and uh, super kick ass like
1: kill you familians.
2: Yes, exactly. Uh, and in honor of that, Michael went out and from Evil Twin Brewing. Uh-huh. I think this is like the third Evil Twin we've drank, and oh, we just we have had,
1: had it for sure for sure before. I don't we know had, if it's two
2: or three though. We had Evil Twin for our last episode, dude. The cowboy.
1: Oh shit, you're right. <laughs> Way to go, Mike. Way to well, get some real some we real. We liked variety it so much. Here. We liked it so much we had to go back to it.
2: Alright, so from Evil Twin Brewing in I should know this because I uh, it was Connecticut, wasn't it? Just said it last week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this is from. Um, I think from, we said
1: this exact same thing last <laughs> week.
2: <laughs> from Evil Twin Brewing. Distributed by twelve percent LLC, Brooklyn, New York. I don't think that's where it's actually from though. This hmm. is Femme Fatale Yuzu Pale Ale. Now, uh, we actually had a, every year we get together with a few of our friends and we do a blind taste test of, Mm -hmm. like, one year it was uh, ciders, one year it was, this year it was shandies, one year year it was pumpkin beers. So this year we did shandies, and I reminded Mike that when he got here that we did a yuzu shandy, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't very good. (laughs) So I'll be interested to see how this tastes. Yep. Uh, By
0: the way, Brooklyn, New York. Oh, Okay. Oh, well, it is yeah, Brian. I did. Okay. okay,
2: yeah, I said that.
1: I feel like last week, though, wasn't from
0: Brooklyn.
2: Oh, uh, produced and bottled for Evil Twin Brewing at Westbrook Brewing Company, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Okay. That I don't, doesn't sound I don't familiar to do think that's though. what we said either. <laughs> They're just all over the map, guys. Yep. All right, maybe, so maybe, this is
1: uh, Femme Fatale Yuzu Pale Ale. Maybe they have an Evil Twin Brewing Company. <laughs>
2: oh. <laughs> so clever. Uh, to take up the challenge and make a 100% true Brett IPA with Yuzu Fruit, can very easily become a fatal attraction for the brewmaster. Once you get acquainted with the Yuzu Fruit's irresistible and seductive personality, along with Brett's overpowering, alluring, and very charming nature, it will ensnare you and drive you mad, obsessing over how exactly can you create the perfect, desirable, tangy, funky, crisp, tart flavor in your mouth.
0: I don't know that I want a funky taste in my mouth. (laughs) It
2: doesn't even say tart flavor in your mouth. It is tart flavor in your mouth. (laughs) I like that. Um, I don't know what a Brett IPA is. Do you know what the hell that is?
1: Nope. No clue. Here, how do you spell it? Move it up.
2: (laughs) You spell it like you spell Brett.
0: Oh, uh, B-R-E-T-T-T. There you go.
2: Yep. (laughs) There's an R on the end.
0: They got a lot of... uh, (laughs) weird names of beers a lot of interesting like Who there's does? one uh tw- twin. twin yeah they have uh one that's something jesus then they have a double jesus and they have one called even more jesus <laughs> Maltov cocktail one that was starred out on the label but something fucking something um something fucking something <laughs> uh, interesting to say the least uh
1: brett is sh- is a shortened nickname for brett and brett and
2: Jay, can you help him with that no, word? It's, it's a, no, it's a really
1: weird word. <laughs> it's That it says bread. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. It's a wild yeast strain.
0: Ooh, a wild so, yeast yeah, strain. Yeah, how, how would you say that, Jay? Brett Anomises? Brett Anomises. Brett, Brett <laughs> yeah, I, I'm whatever. not a brewmaster. Let me see.
2: <laughs> what? Brett no, I don't know. I, you I, can't, I don't do it can't do it any better than They have can.
0: a beer called Ryan and the Gosling. Nice. They got what kind of tons, that. man. If they, that
1: one doesn't taste like licking the back of Ryan Gosling's sack, they got then... two pages, <laughs> and,
0: I, and I'm just, I'm scrolling fast on my on my MacBook, fa 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 and and takes 15 scrolls to get to the bottom. there's one that I want to find called
1: it's it's uh their they call it their Metro, and the the label is just a mustache and then lips with lipstick on.
0: Right here,
2: Metro Man. Metro Man. Metro Man. I apologize for that pour. That was, that was a terrible pour. Yeah, there's like 17 inches of head on top of these, so, Ooh, so you, you got to <laughs> dig he deep. He gave for us that. head, Jay. Uh, You're stupid. <laughs> Sorry. Right. I got
1: sexy alien moves on my brain. Cheers. All right. Cheers, boys. Ooh, that's, that's good. good.
2: That's really good, actually. Whatever it's, was in that it, shandy it's was. Uh,
1: well, there's a thickness to it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There that's is though. No, the, that's because it's femme fatale. There's a <laughs> thickness, that a, that thickness.
1: There's know? a little bit of thickness that, that kind of hazes in the mouth a little bit.
2: Well, it's probably the seventeen uh, inches of head <laughs> sitting t- on top
0: of this. <laughs> 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 mm. Oh my uh, goodness! Yeah, that's definitely a good beer. It's though. really like
2: good, actually. I don't. the The fact that we didn't like the yuzu shandy probably had a lot to do with the fact that we were tasting. 14 other flavors of shandy at yeah, the time.
1: Yeah, we need to learn to get some sort of a palate cleanser when we do that. Crack cocaine I think is a
2: good yeah, palate, yeah, palate yeah, cleanser.
1: Yeah. A little black tar.
2: Yeah. Well, no, that doesn't go in your mouth. I mean it could. I guess unless you're like- freed- you shoot
1: up in your tongue? <laughs> <laughs> let's move on for crying out loud. All right, we have uh, a ton of news to get to today So let's uh, crack into that bleed feed. Boob, here comes the news.
0: Alright folks, it's the Bleed Feed! Well I'll be cow kicked! It's Salisbury Joe's long-lost brother Salisbury Steve. Howdy there Salisbury Joe, how you doing today? Say Steve, I'm just fine chum, what do you say we go down to the old watering hole and get sauced? Ooh, that sounds like a fantastic day to me! Take it away, Charlie. Okay, um, okay. (laughs) (laughs) We got a whole gaggle of dead guys this week, guys.
1: Uh, First off, uh, lost my spot here. God goddamn. yep. We lost Harry Dean <clears throat> Yep, we did. Ridiculously good character actor showed up in. He, he's one of those guys. He always talk about. We, we always talk about. We we'll watch movies and like, oh my God, it's that guy again, or it's like these character actors that are kind of prolific and they just kind of show up everywhere. Mm-hmm. He was one of those guys. Yeah, probably best well known at least in in our circles from uh, Alien or Escape from New York, Yeah, the, the big two. He was also in Christine, uh, Twin Peaks, Repo Man, Red Dawn, The Green Mile, so many things. So many things. Repo...
2: Oh, uh, when The old said, Repo Man, When yeah. you said Repo Man, I was thinking of uh, the genetic opera. I was oh. like, he
1: wasn't in that. <laughs> no, 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 that was an older movie. But uh, he died at the, at the age of 91 from natural causes. You know, it's nice to... it. It's nice to see somebody go naturally for a change yeah
2: well not that it's nice to
1: see them go but like
2: was it just kind of so many like just
1: been so many suicides lately and so many like other unnatural ways to go and it's
2: heartbreaking when you hear that well, there's been a lot of people like dying kind of young yeah lately. absolutely I, I mean you know I, i'm still considering like 60s and and well it is like young that's yeah uh,
1: absolutely but 91 <coughs> that guy lived a very very long That and was a good life.
2: run he had an amazing career
1: and he uh, worked up until he died for the most part yeah you know you can't you can't argue with that right uh also this week we lost uh, a guy named uh basil uh go basil go
2: Basil go go. And if you
1: don't know his him by name, you probably know his artwork. Um, there's a ma- an old magazine called the um, Famous Monsters of Filmland. And they featured uh, heavily, especially in the earlier days, these hand-painted um, magazine covers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He was the artist behind all of those covers. They're co- sort of like, they almost look like kind of like, not color, not watercolors, but like, sort of like blotchy i'm not exactly sure how you would describe his art style i'm probably doing a terrible idea a terrible way of doing it but um no but he did portraits of all the big horror monsters you know frankenstein dracula uh i think he did phantom of the opera you know tons just tons of these these iconic horror guys yeah um and so yeah probably the most famous for the famous monsters of filmland magazine he also did album covers for bands like the misfits and rob zombie yeah, um, so it's so a pretty pretty well known guy though, and
2: uh, I, th- I think what you are going for, like as far as uh, I mean, we're not artists, so we don't yeah. we don't talk about it in this way. But like as far as the lighting goes, he like used a lot of. I'm I'm looking at some of his stuff right now. Like he used a lot of really bright colors mm-hmm. and stuff like that in in his lighting. First like, highlights and whatnot. Yeah, like some of these like, some of these paintings of like these old monsters are amazing with yeah. uh, Bela Lugosi's Dracula yep. with yep. the uh, it just like.
1: They're vibrant. Like, yeah, they're like, super like vibrant. A, a, yeah. a, a,
2: like a complete spectrum of color in the background behind him, and then his light in his face is lit.
1: But they're in, very soft too, in, though. You in know, like blues there's no greens, there's no like hard really... lines. Like they're kind of very soft <laughs> yeah, in, yeah. in presentation. Yeah. Um, definitely uh, one of a kind. You know, It's his own style. That's yeah, it's really um, amazing stuff. Yeah, iconic, iconic artist. And uh, we lost him. Uh, the, the release that I read didn't say how old he was or how he died. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that'll come out. Maybe they didn't release it. But um, rest in peace to those two. Uh, they will be missed. Let's break into some news here because we got a ton this week.
2: Oh, is that it for the deaths? Because yes. you started off by saying we have a bunch of deaths. Dead guys here.
1: Uh, I you know two is a bunch, right? Uh, I guess, sure. It's
2: a handful. <laughs> it's a
1: handful. It's a, all, right.
2: Uh, all right. So what else we have in? The news? Okay.
1: Uh, MTV has a scream series mm-hmm. that I have never watched. However, I might starting with the uh, third season here because they are bringing back the iconic iconic Ghostface. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Uh, so the first two seasons they had another other mask. It that was stupid. stupid. Yeah, So they're bringing back uh, the original Ghostface mask. I have no idea how this might tie into the original series. I know that the first two seasons mentioned the original series. Yeah. So it was all canon. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this kind of brings it back to that more tongue-in-cheek kind of have fun with the slasher genre kind of thing.
2: Do you think this was the plan all along? Or are they doing it because they realized that changing the mask to begin with was a stupid idea? I'm gonna I go mean, with that one. Like, uh, well, listen, <laughs> like, I I understand going in a different direction, but they tried to make it all dark and 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 creepy looking. Yeah. Like it almost looked. You know how? Was, so they the the original scream mask from from the movies was inspired by the uh, the painting, The Scream. Yes. And the TV series was, like, way too literal. Like, it, it literally looked like the face in that that painting of The Scream. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah.
1: it. I didn't like that original mask, too, though, because it always looked like it was blurry. It kind of looked, like, looked like the photo... It looked like a photo that you would see of, like, a ghost taken in the dark where they they super high-res the image, and it's all really soft features or whatever, and you just see kind of, like, the, the black eyes and the big open black mouth, and that was it, you know? I think that's part of what made it scary, though. No, I'm, no, I'm talking about on the series. You the just the said... first two seasons of the Scream series. Did oh. I miss, did I misspeak? <clears throat> you said the original. Oh, sorry, sorry. Well, yeah. went no, the, the original one in the series. My apologies. But, um, I don't know, I never liked it. I'm happy they're bringing it back, and uh, hopefully, you know... They'll get back to the roots a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see here. Uh, more uh, Last week, we talked about Terminator 6 and how they had found the director in uh-huh. Tim Miller. This week, we have uh, news that Linda Hamilton is returning to the series. Oh, really? Sarah Connor herself is coming back. So oh, now we have damned. the nice. reunion of Schwarzenegger, Hamilton, and James Cameron producing. Damn.
2: So... Is she, I don't co- know how is this she is... coming back to play Sarah Connor yes. again? Yes. Really?
1: And supposedly it's going to pick up after the events of Terminator 2. This seems to be a running theme in Hollywood to go back to the original one or two films and disregard <laughs> decades worth of work. Yeah. <laughs> Which I understand it to a point, but it's like, come on, things are canon for a reason, you know? Nah, I don't...
2: That None of that stuff really bothers me. If you, if you decide to go back and... <clears throat> I are they literally going to disregard everything after that? Yep. Well, was everything after that really that great?
1: I don't know. Terminator Salvation was the best Terminator movie. I, I can't even say that with a straight <laughs> face. I hope
2: people can hear that you're being sarcastic because uh, they we can't fell see asleep you doing in the theater.
1: We fell asleep in the theater watching that. You did. And oh yeah, we went to go see it at the Bruin View. And I had a beer in my hand, and I fell asleep on the bar. Now, when you say we... Myself and my buddy Brian. Okay. I'm I'm glad that you
2: corrected yourself on that, because for like years, you insisted that I was there with you, and I was not.
1: I'm still convinced you were. <clears throat> no. But, I've, only, um, I've only been to the Brewing View once. Uh, as they say, for this uh, Terminator 6, though, if my computer would not freeze, I, I would have a quote here. Kill some time.
2: Um. Did you hear that beer is good to drink? <laughs> Yeah, Got it okay there we go <laughs> uh, naturally the time I killed that.
1: naturally she'll be uh, reprising the role of badass heroine Sarah Connor uh quote as meaningful as she was to uh, to gender and action stars everywhere back then it's going to make a huge statement to have that seasoned warrior that she <laughs> now nah, um, that seasoned warrior that she's become return Cameron announced tonight at a special event there are 50 year old and 60 year old guys out there killing bad guys, but there isn't an example of that for women. So it's going to be the the older version of this heroine coming back, kicking some ass for sure. Totally down with that. Kicking some ass. ass. Uh, Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, like I said, it's going to be a direct sequel to Terminator Two, and will it's intended to launch a new trilogy, to revitalize the franchise. Really, I don't know why everything needs to be a trilogy now too.
2: Yeah, that kind of bothers me. And why all these? And why all the? I mean, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, do we have to re? (laughs) It it's like it's like this is the new. Remake, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Kind for of. for a while, we were doing horror remakes, like almost exclusively in Hollywood. It was horror remakes, and now we're doing the, the like the I, I guess it's a reboot, sort of. Uh-huh. And like and like you said, doing new the, trilogies. or so new... Ridley Scott wants to do like six more Alien movies. Yep. It's, dude, just
0: which
1: I'll, I'll be honest <laughs> with you, I would rather have I would rather have new series being spawned than just shitty remake after shitty remake after shitty remake. Yeah, that's true. AKA Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They've done it a couple times now, and none of them have been anywhere near as good as the original series. I like the original series, one through at least three. Mm-hmm. I always thought, I thought they were great. Yeah. Um. And I've heard rumors of this new one being not that, not that great yet. Of oh, Leatherface. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, we'll see when it comes out. But um, uh, speaking of movies that are not that good. Paramount did something interesting with uh, the new TV spot for their new movie Mother. (laughs) It's got an exclamation point. Oh, so you you gotta you gotta yell it, (laughs) Mother! Um, This movie has come out to um, scathing reviews and also glowing reviews. Yeah, very it's very one end or the other, nothing in the middle. Right. And the new TV spot for I've never seen a company use negative ads the way they did. And it basically says the movie that has been drawing attention critically. It says this movie's amazing and this and that and this and that. And then other people think that it's not. <laughs> and they basically I'm paraphrasing. But they call it... they call to attention. They call to attention that some people hate this movie. Really? Yeah. I've never seen a big company do that before.
2: Maybe. I mean, it might be kind of a smart move because that gets people intrigued, you know? It's like polarizing, if you, if you know yeah. that some people love it and you know that some people hate it, you kind of you kind of start to think, well, I wonder which camp well, I, would I need fall into myself now. Yeah.
0: No. yeah. It's, it, it, it's,
2: it's, it's a pretty smart It's kind well, of genius. It's it's daring, but it's pretty smart at the same time.
1: I've just never seen it before, you know. Like, yeah, that's that's wild. Very interesting. <clears throat> um this is fun. When you were a kid, you played with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys, right? Yeah. Duh. Of course. Did you ever have any of the Halloween themed ones? Yes. Never. Yeah. Right? Yeah they're doing it again. And this excites really? me because I'm a huge Ninja Turtles kid. Grew uh-huh. up with them. And uh, the new series, which is awesome, by the way, uh, they have a new line coming out for Halloween of like Raph as Frankenstein, like all the cool old stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's really nothing to this news, Bolton, but I just thought it was fun. Especially <laughs>
2: wanted to bring it up. Especially since it's horror related in no way whatsoever. Not at
1: all. And I know Vito will appreciate it because he's a bigger Ninja Turtles nerd than I am.
2: <laughs> there you go, Vito. Well, it's, I, it's, I, I take that back. It's Halloween, so it's kind of horror
1: related. It's, it's for uh, it's for their Monsters and Mutants line. Cool. I guess they're gonna have some Halloween themed episodes around it as well. Right on. Alright, um, we love anthology movies, and we have two of them coming mm-hmm. pretty soon here. Uh the first one we're gonna talk about is called uh, it's called 1031. Uh, and it's directed by a guy named Rocky Gray. Have mm-hmm. you ever heard that name before? Mm, I don't know. He is the drummer of a band called Evanescence. Oh, okay. Yeah, apparently. Bring me to-
0: Thank you, Jay. Was, that was beautiful. Stuff. Wake me up! I, I've been <laughs> waiting for that up, for 56 <laughs> episodes for you guys to bring that out <laughs> so I can show you what I've been working on. Um,
1: so apparently the, uh, this uh, this uh, Rocky Gray guy is a huge horror fan, mm-hmm. and uh, he has transitioned from music into movie making. Mm-hmm. And so he uh, this year he's going to be putting out uh, an anthology uh, Halloween uh, movie called 1031. It looks pretty good in the vein of like, Trick or Treat and Tales of Halloween, that kind of thing. Um, I'm excited for that. Also, we mentioned a few weeks back that Mick Garris was working on a new project, and uh, more uh, there's more uh, details that dropped about that this week. Um, it's pr- I'm actually kind of excited about it. it um, it's called Nightmare Cinema, and it's going to be Mick Garris, uh, Joe Dante, uh, David Slade, who did 30 Days of Night, and um, I'm going to get this guy's name wrong. Uh, Rayouli Kitermua. Rayouli hey. Ryuhei.
2: Ryuhei Kitamura.
1: Okay, I was, I was close.
2: No, not really. There's okay. no L in his name.
1: <laughs> Shut up. All right, He did uh, Midnight Meat Train and then uh, Alejandro uh, Briguez did One of the Dead. Uh, so these are all the uh, the guys for it. Mickey Rourke is serving as the narrator, sort of the cryptkeeper, if oh, you will. And the idea for this is they're going to do the movie and the idea is to turn this into a possible TV show. Oh, is cool. the idea to kind of spin it into that.
2: Are there any details about what it's like what it's gonna be about? Or? Um
1: yes. In <coughs> Nightmare Cinema. I'm glad you asked, James. Oh, thank you. Because in Nightmare Cinema, uh, a series of down in the look individuals enter the decrepit and spine tingling uh Rialto Theater, only to have their deepest and darkest fears brought to life on the silver screen by the projectionist, a mysterious, ghostly figure who holds the nightmare's futures.
2: Uh, sorry, Rialto. Yeah, that too. Theater, Rialto. I can't read. I um,
0: know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the the, the St. Clair Shores. School system failed you so hard. It's ridiculous. You really can't read at all. Yeah, you know. Continue. Um, continue I reading. By the projectionist,
1: a uh, mysterious ghostly figure who holds the nightmares' futures of all who attend the screenings. By the time our patrons realize the truth, no escape is escape is no longer an option. For once, the ticket is once. The, I can't talk now that you brought this up, Junior. For once, the ticket is torn. Their fate is sealed at Nightmare Cinema. I to add a little. I was lock, waiting for him to it's, say it's, simina. It's, it's pronounced
2: "kinema." You idiot.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it basically, a bunch of people go in, movies play or whatever, and then it's their deepest, darkest things come out. It sounds kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. And in the hands of like horror maestros like that, I no, mean, the I, horror maestro. Can it really be bad?
2: I think you just coined a new term for their group. The horror maestros? The horror
1: maestros. <laughs> not the masters of horror, like no. they're all from. <laughs> no, the horror maestros. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm very excited about that. We all know that we love you know anthology flicks, so that's exciting. I'm um, trying to get through this rather quickly here. You're doing a bang-up job. Terrible job. <laughs> uh, sci-fi series, Tremors, <clears> Casting, <throat> Guy from Evil Dead, Reboot.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, was tra-
1: I was trying to did that not work. You right. know. Um, so... Uh, Shiloh Fernandez who mm-hmm. played the brother a guy for the life of me I can't think of his name uh, he played um, Gene Levy's brother in the uh, 2013 remake uh, in Evil Dead was it David? yes yeah. David thank you uh, he had just he's uh, been cast as part of the new Tremors TV show oh, cool. which is very exciting with yeah. uh, Kevin Bacon uh, coming back to that that's That's it.
2: (laughs) That's it? Mm -hmm. Wait, hold on. Do you have, like, uh, how many more pieces of news do you have? I got two more. Let me just interject with a few Blu-ray releases real quick, and then you can... uh... I apologize
1: for anybody having to hear me ramble through this news.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you you take a little break. Take a little break. Have a drink. All right. So, uh, September 25th, from Shameless Films, we're getting a Sergio Martino film, Torso. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. That's I'm I'm actually just gonna roll through these super fast because, because I own that uh,
1: I own that on VHS I have not watched it in a very long time yeah. I need to revisit it
2: that's a classic
1: hmm
2: um extras brand new Shameless interview with director Sergio Martino Shameless Trailer Park Trailer Park reversible <laughs> artwork yeah fully uncut ninety three minutes uh rolling along <laughs> uh, the third season of Twin <laughs> sorry third season of <laughs> Twin Peaks. Will be out on Blu-ray and DVD December fifth, twenty seventeen. Um, I don't think there's really, I don't, too, not too much else to say about it. why the. F- Sorry, <laughs> my my. We are doing a bang-up job today. This <laughs> don't steal my my saying. You <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> October sixth, the complete. October fourth, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who
0: can't read you, now? You, you, you can't, can't read, now.
2: read. The complete Urban Legend trilogy is coming to Blu-ray oh, for the dang. first time. October fourth.
1: Can we do a Urban
2: Legend, <laughs> Lurge, Urban Urban <Lurge>, Legends, <laughs> <Lurge. laughs> Urban Legends Final Cut and Urban Legends Bloody Mary, which I've never seen the last time? Okay, when this
1: comes out, can we buy it and do a retrospective? Oh
2: uh, yeah. We already talked about Urban Legends, but um Oh
1: no, we did, you're right.
2: Yes, we did. I never am never right. mind. Uh <laughs> Yeah, but we, yeah, sure, why not? We could talk about the other two. Uh, the original, oh, great. My my iPad decided to stop <laughs> working. This sucks tonight, guys. I'm sorry. Original Black Christmas is getting its first ever UK blue release. Okay. But, uh, I believe they said it's region free. Oh. Uh, so it's, like, it's like UK plus. On November 6th. I was about to say fifth, even though it clearly says sixth. <laughs> 101 Films releases Bob Clark's Black Christmas on UK Blu-ray for the first time ever. Um, this isn't the one that said it was region-free, so I guess this doesn't really apply to us because <laughs> unless you have a region-free play re, region free Blu-ray player, it's not going to really do you much or, good.
1: Or if we have UK uh, listeners.
2: Or if we that, have UK listeners. That be news to them. Uh, and also, last one I've got here, Scream, Scream Factory announced back in July that both George A. Romero's Land of the Dead and Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead are getting their Collector's Edition Blu-ray. Yes. Uh, that will be coming out on October 31st. Um, both two disc Blu-rays contain the unrated and theatrical cuts.
1: Are they both coming out the same day?
2: Uh, I be- Well, yeah, on October 31st. Okay. It'll have a new 2K scan of the interpositive new Cholo's Reckoning, uh, which is an interview with... Actor John Leguizamo, New Charlie's Story, an interview with actor Robert Joy, New The Pillsbury Factory, an interview with Pedro Miguel Ar- K- Arc. Uh,
1: who can't read now yeah sorry
2: <laughs> I'm not gonna go through there's a ton of information yeah, I'm the, not the, gonna go through the, all of the, it m- because we're already going like way
1: too far into this there's a ton of new behind- the scenes featurettes with interviews and whatnot with cast and crew as long along with all the old stuff
2: it's scream factory it's gonna look awesome and there's gonna be a lot of cool extra stuff
1: just just buy it yep all right so another weekend another it record-breaking weekend mm-hmm. uh, this movie cannot stop breaking records uh two more this past weekend yeah uh first one was for it broke the record for the box office for its second weekend uh which it brought in another 60 million dollars which which is 10 million more than what the original estimates were for its opening weekend yeah wow for the second weekend. what's that
2: put it at for its Uh, total you know
1: funny you ask because it also broke the record for highest grossing movie in september now mind you we're only two weeks into September <laughs> at, the, at the time of this writing.
2: Highest-grossing movie in general, yes. Or so horror it movie? Already
1: uh, horror. I think it's a horror movie. No, highest uh, wrote the record for the highest-grossing in September itself. For wow. all September's, yes, yeah. Wow. All um,
2: September since
1: the dawn of time. And mind you, all these other movies still had another week and a half to two weeks to gross. This is, did it in the first two weeks. Damn, so it's just going to keep awesome. it's yeah, just going to keep going up. Uh, at at. At the time of this writing, domestically it has made 218.7 million and worldwide 371 million wow. in 2 weeks. That's a huge even number of people that all went to the movies <laughs> to get those exact numbers. Um also, this week, uh, more IT news. Uh, Andy Muschietti uh, announced that when the movie comes to blue, there's going to be 15 minutes of extra footage not nice. shown in theaters. Cool. Nice. So we're going to be getting... It uh, sounds like a director's cut uh, when it comes out, which is always fantastic.
2: He's pushing to uh, to to remake Pet Cemetery. Yes, he is. And I, I can't imagine that they're going to
1: he has other things. I can't they're
2: going to turn him down for it. Well, he
1: has other things on the Slater already, though. So even if that does happen, it's not going to be for a while because they're probably after he finishes his next project. Mm-hmm. He's going to probably go back to it. Is my guess.
2: What's it? Do you know what his next project is? Uh,
1: I read about it. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Uh, I don't right want to speak out of turn on it. Sure. Um, okay. So we we we. Flew through all of that just so that I could get to this, the very mm-hmm. last piece.
2: Mm-hmm. This is going to be lame,
1: isn't it? We got news this week that Jamie Lee Curtis is coming back for the new
0: Halloween movie. <laughs> Whoa! Wow. Yeah, did you not nice. know about this? I, I did actually, but it's it's exciting to hear it again. Yeah, I'm I'm super pumped. Uh,
1: they're doing what we talked about earlier, how they're kind of picking up after the original one or two movies and disregarding the whole rest of the franchise. Yeah,
2: so I was going to say Which she dies. Really in... sucks
1: because I like those Danielle Harris movies yeah so at least one of them (laughs) four is good five me um that being said though i again i i like the idea of continuing after the original to make like a a proper trilogy you know if you will i like the idea of that however what confuses me is that if you listen to uh interviews with the director and uh, the writer they they express how they don't like the idea that the two of them are siblings and that in, the, in Halloween 2... That when, Michael and Laurie are siblings? Yeah, and that in Halloween 2, the second that you find out they're siblings, it kind of ruins the mystique of what Michael Myers is. The, the whole idea that he is just the shape and that he's killing for no reason and you have no idea what is his motivation is, he's just this, this entity that is killing people, is far more scary than knowing that, oh, he's trying to kill his sister. That's the argument that can be made. I kind of agree with it. I like the idea that it's just like this random thing that's killing and you have no idea. That's terrifying. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, the weird thing is, is they, the way they talk about it, it sounds like they almost want to write that out of the mythology. Really? I don't know how they can, especially if they're picking up after two. Yeah. Um, which is what I'm led to believe. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Well,
2: and, and also, because, so, it, even if they could... Only take part of two, like before you find out that they're related. In in one, he steals his mother's uh, headstone Mm -hmm. and puts it in in the house for Laurie Strode to find. Like, what would the motivation be for that? You know I don't know. What I mean? But but unless he was trying to send her some kind of message, it just a, it doesn't make like a lot of sense to write that out of the story. I don't
1: know. we'll, we'll see how they do it. Yeah. I I have nothing but the most confidence in the two of these guys to bring a fantastic Halloween movie to life. Yeah. So, I'm very excited for it. I'm very excited to see Jamie Lee Curtis back. Um and and mostly excited that uh, neither LL Cool J or Busta Rhymes is around <laughs> to ruin them this time. So <laughs>
0: <Did> you, <laughs> this blue us man is like a shark's fin. You bite your tongue, sir.
2: <laughs> <laughs> was there a was there a, a rap song for both of the the, the movies that there they had were had to
0: have been a lease be for one right? of them, right?
1: Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Michael Coming Out of Shadows. <laughs> slicing, Dicin' Motherfucker, like a shark's fin. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I guess
2: I will we'll see. I mean that it seems like a little. It seems a little weird to me, but I guess we'll see what they come up with.
1: You know what, though, if John Carpenter is behind it, then who are we to, you know, say that it's not going to be good? Well, no offense. He did make Ghost of Mars. No, no offense to
2: John <laughs> Carpenter, because I love the man. I love him deeply, mm-hmm. but uh, he's gone on record as just saying, like, "All right, just send me my paycheck so I can sit and <laughs> well, play video games." But this
1: was before. This is before he got involved in music, and this is before I think he had a rekindling of his love for film. I that's think that's true. He was in a very dry place in his career, if you will, like yeah. a, just a dry spell. He was making moves, he didn't care about. He was, he just didn't really care about it anymore. And I think that he's had a, a, a moment of time now to. Kind of re rejuvenate himself, you know, and, and kind of recharge his batteries. And I think he's very much into it now. He's back in the director's chair for that Christine short. Uh, he's doing some TV shows, you know. I, I think he's I think he's coming back around to it. So I'm very excited that he's very excited. Yeah, and uh, that's all I need. Yeah, so that's yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm, that was the bleed feed, and those were the stories that made the cut. Boom! That was the
1: news. I thought he was out getting a drink.
2: I'm back, boys, and I'm sauced.
1: All right, All right. Um, we're gonna take a break so we can get unsauced, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna talk about some familians, some familiar familians.
2: Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. for me chameleon all right well the fr- <laughs> 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 what a disaster this place is tonight <laughs> so hey guys the jack
1: daniels is a flowing
2: welcome back to the buzzed kill podcast with a d mike you still have to work on your your d buzzed you just gotta work on your d buzzed kill podcast
1: (laughs) Um, tonight we're gonna i work on my d for at least 45 (laughs) minutes every night i don't know why it it doesn't come
2: through in the show
1: oh it comes but
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right all right all right come on back (laughs) all right back on track here so we're gonna be discussing in great detail Three Detail. Mo- <laughs> detail. Three movies tonight. Um, Species, classic. Yep. Under the Skin, mm-hmm. which uh, we just saw for the first time last night. We did. Night. We did. I liked it. We'll lot, get there. A lot of layers. Mm-hmm. It's, an, it's an onion of a movie. Yep. <laughs> Trolls have layers. Uh, and The Faculty. Yes. All three great movies mm-hmm. with uh, lots of lady aliens.
1: Lots of lady aliens.
2: So why don't we kick it off with uh, Species from, what, 19... 19-
1: 1995. 95. Okay. Uh, directed by Roger Donaldson, who directed the greatest
0: movie,
1: movie of all
2: time. Uh, Pierce, Pierce,
1: <laughs> I couldn't think of his in the greatest Pierce Brosnan movie of all time. Which one? Dante's Peak. Dante's Peak. You ever saw Dante's Peak? I I mean With the volcano. Oh. Where he jumps into like the acid water and he's like. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that movie's terrible. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> um, Volcano was so much better. Mm. Um, anyway, 1995, directed by Roger Donaldson, like we just said. Um, okay, so Species was uh, was a weird thing. I haven't seen Species since I was a kid, and I remember. Um, it's funny that you just said it two different ways, species and species.
2: You ju- well, you some most people say like some people say species and some people say species, and you just said I think it, the correct you, is species. You just said but it both ways in one sentence. I'm that good. It's interesting. I'm just that good. It's interesting. Um,
1: okay, so this is that kind of movie though, where I haven't seen it since I was a kid. And back when I was a kid, in 1995 when it came out, this was like the the the, the for lack of a better way of saying it, it was basically a skin flick. Kind it of. was. It was like the Cinemax version of a horror movie. It was like Red the After Hours. It was cin- like
2: Red Shoe Diaries mixed with. The like, X-Files. With Alien.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it really was. Um, and it wasn't until, I haven't seen it since, you know, like I said since I was a kid, re-watching it for this episode, though, I realized, holy shit, like this, the cast in this movie is stacked.
2: Yeah, big cast.
1: Ridiculously mm-hmm. stacked. Ben Kinsley. Michael Madsen. Yeah. Alfred Molina. Forrest Whitaker. Natasha Hendricks, which, granted, this was her first movie. Yep. But then also a very young Michelle Williams. Yep. No one knew who the fuck she was back then.
2: This I mean this might have
1: also been one of her earlier roles. It was Natasha uh Henstrich's? Henstrich's? Henstridge. Henstridge is <laughs> first, first movie as well. Yep. Um kinda crazy though. <clears throat> like th- it's it's weird when well, you it's see just,
2: yeah it's just like you don't we didn't pay we didn't pay attention to this stuff when we were ten years old sure so However, to the, see it now and you're like oh holy how many shit, of like these I actors
1: didn't... though were really that big back then um, I think that's more the interesting part to me is like all these people went on to be huge stars yeah you know in their own rights sure so it's just kind of cool like every now and then you see these old movies where they had this cluster of talent and I don't even think they knew what they had at the time right. But it hats off to the casting directors and the directors to see the talent in these people. Yeah. So I get this this, you know. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, Michael Madsen obviously was around back then. Ben Kingsley, I'm sure was around back then. Like they were they they were seasoned actors at that point already. Right. Um but I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure the rest of them were too. They weren't in the Rolodex of Hollywood actors at least as far as I'm concerned.
2: Um I almost didn't even recognize Ben Kingsley at first. Like seeing him as a young man is kind of I mean even well, at this young as relative. Yeah, even at this point <laughs> he I, he had to be like in his 40s well, maybe. 40s probably yeah, but 40s. See, seeing him as a young man was like I I I knew he was in the movie cuz I had like looked at the cast list before mm-hmm. I watched it but then when I first saw him on screen the only thing that gave it away was the bald head. Yeah. But other than that he's almost unrecognizable like because he's so young.
1: Patrick Stewart when he's 20. I'm sure he had a bald head when he was 20, <laughs> 20 as well. Um, okay, so synopsis here: uh, a group of scientists try to track down and trap a killer alien seductress before she successfully mates with a human. Skin flick. <laughs> it's all about an alien trying to reproduce.
2: Whole well, movie. Well, just to just to set this up, you had um, H.R. Geiger.
1: Mm-hmm. Another thing that I didn't know—I didn't know who the fuck H.R. Geiger was back in the day. Let alone knew that he had anything to do with this movie. Uh,
2: I mean, yeah. Back when I was ten, I—it's no very idea. obvious now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but he—he he designed the character of of Sill, mm-hmm. which you know, if 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 you look at her now, like you can, it, it's funny. I was I was flipping through a back when Barnes and Noble was still a thing. I found an H.R. Geiger, uh, book that was mm-hmm. just full full of his artwork, and and it's crazy that I, when you flip through it, it's just like, well, this is just all Alien. It's just alien and species. That's all yeah. it is. To him it was like that, you know, like I not to downplay what he did as his, his life's work, but when you look at it his as a art horror was fan, Very,
1: very like similar throughout everything he does. Yeah.
2: And yeah. it's all sexual. Mm-hmm. All of it. Like even when it's these grotesque looking aliens and stuff like that, you like every single every single aspect about them. Or aspect of them is sexual, like well,
1: even an alien though had the well, yeah, the head, head, head of the was very... xenomorph
2: was a giant cock, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Sorry, not to put it so bluntly, but that's exactly what it was. So
1: I was I was going to save this for a little bit later, but there's a part in uh, Species where uh, she trans she morphs basically from a child into an adult, mm-hmm. and her cocoon is just a giant throbbing vagina. <laughs> that's it, it, really it's all it is. <laughs> Stuck to the wall.
2: You're laughing, but it's true. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about how disgusting that thing looked, and I'm like, "What kind of vaginas have you been looking at, man?"
1: Well, they've been around.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, pr- I mean, yeah, that's probably accurate, but um, but also probably gross. It
1: legitimately, was she was birthed out of it for Christ's sake?
2: <laughs> it was a it was a chrysalis, Michael.
1: Oh yeah, it was a chrysalis. I got no jokes. Yeah, bad joke. Bad joke. Um, <laughs> so anyway,
2: you basically have um, this uh, this government agency called was it SETI? Yeah. The search uh, for t- t- uh, search for extraterrestrial, search for extraterrestrial and- intelligence, intelligence intelligence, which is
1: a real thing.
2: Is SETI yeah. itself oh, is yeah. actually a real thing in real 100%, life? Yeah. No shit. You didn't know that? Uh, I didn't what know what that. Of, what kind of alien guy are you? I don't. I, I mean, I don't go on alien hunts and stuff, if that's what you're asking. But You should. <laughs> um, so they they send out this signal back in 19... I forget the date. Yeah, who cares? 19-something. 19-something. <laughs> uh, well, it was, it was nine years pre- prior. Yes. So this was 1995. It was what are, <laughs> 1986. There's so, they so many corrections
1: the... already. I'm just seeing it.
2: Is that nine years? I don't know. I'm bad at math, and <laughs> I have... I've been sipping on a uh, a Bud Light, so I might be a little slow right now. Um, so they sent this out in the '80s. It came back nine years later, basically with two pieces of two pieces of information. One was uh, oh shit, what was the first
1: one? The first one was uh, how to. It was a uh, it was oh, an engine. To, it, it was an engine that basically used methane. Um, methane. It was
2: how to how to create uh, like. Uh, like never, never ending energy from yeah, methane which, which, gas.
1: Which also, that's another real thing that a lot of these alien conspiracy theorists like, like they, that's one of the things that they talk about. That, that, that unacknowledged movie I was talking about. Yeah. A big part of that was about how we learned how to basically make energy out of, out of the physical space around you. Yeah. And it's un. It's it's never ending. It's shelved. It's well, never ending. And
2: it, but it's the kind of thing that's been shelved because.
1: Exactly, exactly. So they touch on that or whatever. And the other thing that they gave them was basically a DNA sequence. Yeah. And they they, they used that to basically make an alien human hybrid by cross geneticing. That's not a word. Cross ge- <laughs> geneticing. Um,
2: <laughs> we, we are clearly not science minded <laughs> folk.
1: <laughs> they implanted a human embryo, though, with the alien DNA and. Basically, made a
2: hybrid. They actually implanted what was it, uh, eleven of them. They made
1: eleven. Like four died,
2: uh, some. A few of them were frozen. Yeah. And then, and then one, one of them was allowed to grow, and this was the Syl. rest of
1: that math. Something else happened to them. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh,
2: <laughs> and the the uh, the one that was allowed to grow was Sill, who mm-hmm. uh, originally, as a as a young lady was uh, long, young femalian, was played by uh, Melissa. Williams. Yep. Uh, Melissa. No. Not Melissa, Michelle, Michelle Williams. God,
1: Lord. <laughs> and then <laughs> this episode and, is a train wreck. And by then, the way.
2: <laughs> and then later by by Natasha Henstridge. Mm-hmm. Um, so they 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 cross they cross the DNA between this, uh, this and she
1: grows at a ridiculously rapid rate. Like within a month, she's like. Like you know, grown.
2: you know what's weird though is it's it's not actually alien DNA because the aliens sent back a message, not actual DNA. They sent them back a message that told them basically how to create this DNA. Mm-hmm. So it's still it's not really alien. It's still of Earth. Like the, it was created in a lab. So maybe that's
1: maybe that's why the alien looks like a machine, sort of. It does look very metallic, and and it's.
2: Well, that's and, that's just the H.R. Geiger influence.
0: But <laughs>
1: yeah, okay, fine. So
2: anyway, um, still, uh, she she develops at this incredible rate. Mm-hmm. Like by the time by the time you see her as Michelle Williams, who appears to be like a twelve year old girl, mm-hmm. she's actually only three months old. Yeah, and uh, they're going to eliminate her because they they don't really know with. With this rapid rate of growth, they don't really know what she's capable of, so they're going to well, eliminate her.
1: The reason that they're the reason that they are going to terminate her is because uh, she was sleeping one time, and she was in deep REM sleep, and something happened that protruded out of her back, yeah. and they had no idea what it was. Right. And instead of finding out and it being too late and bad things happen... They were gonna terminate it so they could study her more and then be more prepared the next time that they do it.
2: So they essentially were gonna—they turned her cell that she was being kept in into a gas chamber. A gas chamber, and yep. they were gonna gas her out. She ends up uh, escaping, obviously because she's a badass alien, and uh, and then that's kind of where the movie picks up. Like that's the very beginning yep. of the movie, and then from there it's just—it's uh, tech- her
1: running around Los Angeles. Looking for a dude to bang. Looking for and and in Los Angeles, there are plenty of dicks. Plenty. Plenty of dicks, both the guys and the members.
2: (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I haven't seen this movie in so long, but I had such a good time watching it today. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so much that I had forgotten about it, and one of the one of the most memorable (laughs) scenes from when I was a kid was uh, there's the scene where she goes to kiss the guy like she takes a guy home from the club or he takes her home rather Mm -hmm. and uh who takes who really well you know (laughs) (laughs) and she she's she suddenly like she seems like she's down to mate with him and then suddenly she changes her mind and in classic dick fashion he's like no you know what we were coming up here for like you know what it is baby and and then she finally (laughs) says okay I'll stay He's like, that's right.
1: This moment, in this, <laughs> the moment in this movie, though, it's basically it's the alien uh, scene, the chest burster. Yeah. Only it's through the back of a head. <laughs> it's fantastic.
2: Well, this is a, like this is. Like I said, I hadn't seen this movie in so long, but this is the one scene that had always stuck with me, like, all throughout childhood, and and it's the one scene that I was waiting for, Mm -hmm. and once I saw it, I was like, yes! It's just like I remember it. Like, she goes to kiss him because she finally kind of agrees to stay, even though, you know, this dude's about to get completely fucked up. Mm -hmm. And she goes to, like, kiss him, and they're, like, really making out, and then all of a sudden her... Tongue just comes out the back of his head and just blows out the yep. back. It's amazing.
1: And then the alien comes out of the back of the head and goes, "Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, <laughs> hello, my ragtime now." Little, little spaceballs. Uh... Thank you. Thanks, yeah. Mike. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. Nobody knew that. <laughs> um, funny, funny story. In that scene, uh, when the dude comes out of the shower in all of his like wet glory, there's he's got a he's he's got an art print hanging up in his bathroom. Yeah. Right outside the shower. It's an art print of, it's a mosaic, and there's a naked lady in the front, and that's a bunch of random uh, squares. Isn't it Abraham Lincoln? It's Abraham Lincoln. Ironically enough, my boss, the priest, has this art print, and he's been trying to pawn it off to me for months. Yeah. Suddenly, I want it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't you want it before? (laughs) (laughs) Because I
1: thought it was stupid. Now that it's in a movie, I'm like, oh, shit. This thing's famous. Find out it's a Picasso. Is it really? Yeah. Or no, no, no. Uh, uh, not a Picasso. A. Um, no, it doesn't sound right. No, it's a fucking. Look at
2: not you. Not important. Not important. <laughs> not important. So, so because it's in a movie, now all of a sudden it you. Kind yeah. like, of oh. No,
1: yeah. Oh my
2: god. No, I. I saw it. Like I, I'm actually glad that you, that you brought it up because I. It shows up pretty prominently in the doorway quite a few times. Yes, it does. And I was like, I wonder, if, is there is there some significance to this weird mosaic picture of Abraham Lincoln? I didn't even see the naked lady. Well, in that's the because it's it.
1: because you only see it as Abraham Lincoln from a distance. Mm. Up close, it looks nothing like him. It's one of those weird, like you know, the way Van Gogh. It. It's a Van Gogh. Van Gogh. That's yeah. it. A uh, Van Gogh. A uh, Van Gogh. <laughs> um, anyway, back to the movie though. Uh, so she, she basically she's going through you know all these people. Whatever you, that was your favorite scene. I
2: can I correct myself? Sorry, one one second just to correct myself so I can avoid it next next week. It was nineteen years after the outbound message was transmitted. Nineteen. Not nineteen. Nine. I was
1: say I I thought that it was more than that. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was more than that. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, I love this movie a lot. There are really, really good effects in it by you know Geiger and practical effects, but the digital effects in this movie really leave a lot to be. Um, the digital effects, yeah, yeah. especially at the end. They they get
2: where she's like jumping from. They rock get to pretty rock gnarly. And they get pretty gnarly,
1: uh, but it, it's it's early '90s. You though. Know, you can't expect too much from. For it.
2: 1995 though, it really didn't look that bad. Yeah, I've seen
1: movies from the '90s that had much much worse CG. Yeah, um, there's um there's another scene at the end you you talked about the uh, the kiss death there's another scene where she takes another guy takes her home and he's like being super nice to her and everything else and I think that she actually does want to mate with him and uh they end up getting into a hot tub and she she brings him in or whatever and he's very not all about it like he's actually a nice dude like he's not just gonna bang this girl on the first night well, he's telling
2: her to slow down yeah. like hey we got time let's there's get time. to there's know time. each other a little bit and
1: that's why I don't bring girls home from the bar,
2: because you're worried that they're gonna murder you in your hot tub that you don't own. Is that is that irrational? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: just just curious. Is is that all that irrational?
2: Wait, this is this is this is this is going on the assumption that you could actually get a girl to go home with you from the bar.
1: It is science fiction. Which is yeah, I was gonna say which in itself is a. Um, a
2: massive work of fiction.
1: No, I do I do like that I do like that scene though. I like the idea that um you know you have all these shitbag dudes for the most part in most of the movie and then you have like, a normal dude. Doesn't matter. Like it kind of shows the ruthlessness of the character and I kind of like that like this whole femme fatale thing like she doesn't give a shit who you are.
2: Well, Ben Kingsley actually uh in in the beginning of the movie he he says that they they basically had an option. Once they had this DNA sequence uh, transmitted to them, they had the option to make it male or uh-huh. female, and they decided to make it uh, female because it would be more docile. Yeah, and 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 more, and, and kind of like easier to control. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because in the animal kingdom, with predatory creatures, it's a well-known fact that females are. Typically, the sure. more aggressive in almost, in almost
1: sex. every single species. Uh, that's you know you can you can find those.
2: Yeah. Characteristics. Exactly. Uh, I, anyway, I I interrupted you when you were going to talk about your favorite part of the movie. What, what um, do you got?
1: My favorite part is very subtle, and in, uh, in the fact that uh, I, when Ben Kingsley's character is explaining to the rest of the group why they're there, mm-hmm. and he basically sits them down. They're in like a high security area, or whatever. All these people get brought in. And he brings them down, and he's explaining this whole thing we talked about in the beginning about how SETI, and they put out this, this signal, mm-hmm. and then the signal came back. And he's talking about it so normally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, this is yeah, this is just how it is. I'm just filling you in, whatever. Not even realizing how crazy this must sound <laughs> to anybody from the outside that doesn't know anything about it. Right. And I love that because it, it just proves like there are people that know things about this kind of stuff in real life. At least I think there are.
2: Well, it doesn't. I mean, it and doesn't when they dis- prove it. <laughs> no, no,
1: no, no. But like when they discuss it, though, it's like, oh yeah, this is this is this is old news. Like oh, and then this, we this go the, you, and then like,
2: we got this transmission from the aliens, and yeah, we, the aliens gave yeah. us this,
1: whatever. That's that's fine. That's fine. The problem is not that. The problem is this. Like, <laughs> and like from the outside looking in, it's like, wait, 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 what? Like if I was one yeah. of those people, that like back back up the fucking uh, space alien train for a moment. <laughs> uh, tell me that again. There's aliens.
2: <laughs> well, I got the sense that I got the sense that at least a few of these people involved knew something about. I we didn't really talk about the the group that they put together, mm-hmm. but um, one of my favorite characters was uh, Forrest Whitaker's yeah. character, um, Dan Smithson. In, he called himself an empath. Yeah. I don't know exactly. It's it, it, he wasn't telepathic, he wasn't uh a psychic. It was he said he feels very deeply and it was almost like it was almost like his gift was having an abnormally sensitive
1: uh he can be in a place and feel things that took place in that space basically.
2: He had like an ab, he had abnormally sensitive gut feelings. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because like, that's kind of what it was. He never knew exactly what was going on. It was just that he got these weird little inclinations and he decided to follow them if he felt a certain way about
1: them. It's, it was, I, it, it's ironic that he had that um, that gift. You remember that show that I was telling you about that I really liked, The Low Files, with Rob Lowe? Yeah. And him and his kids would go out and do stuff? Mm-hmm. On the most recent, not to go off on a tangent, but on the most recent episode... They they did this whole like um, sightseeing, not sightseeing. What do they what do they call that? Where you can see things outside of your remote viewing. Oh, it was yeah. a remote viewing thing, and they the basically the the guy that they talked to used to work with, for the government in this black project, mm-hmm. and it became declassified, and he can talk about it, and they can actually teach people the stuff now they can teach
2: remote viewing
1: basically yeah really and they did it they did this and i actually kind of believe this show we've gone over this before I, i believe that it's not staged yeah and they took them through some exercises and basically what they do is uh if you're in this room right say we're the remote viewers yeah they give you a coordinate like a longitude and latitude latitude and you write it down so it's in your head and then you just sit there and you think And his kids went to some random location where the coordinates were. And they're just doing things like knocking on walls, describing what they're seeing, all this stuff. And Rob Lowe wrote down... Very, very similar things. Like he knew, like there was a circle inside of a circle where they were at. Like it was a courtyard inside of a bigger walled-in area. Really? He knew they were knocking at one point. He knew there was a spire. He, it was the craziest fucking thing that I've ever seen. Like I said, I actually believe it's real. No, I'm I do. Su-
2: I'm super intrigued by this. Stuff. So was I.
1: I. When I was watching this, I go, "This is sort of real pseudoscience, kind of mm-hmm. like." And it's kind of fascinating to me. Yeah. You know, a lot of the stuff from these old '90s movies. Now that I'm watching a lot of these like documentaries and watching these behind the, the not, not behind the curtain type shows, it's like how much shit did people really know about back in the '90s? Because <laughs> this is all kind of like coming to light now. You know, it's it's really bizarre. Everybody talks about
2: how horror sucked in the '90s, and maybe it's maybe horror sucked so bad in the '90s because they were it
1: was just the government giving out their secrets. Yeah, they were <laughs> focusing more on like real
2: life stuff, but doing it in this like semi-fictional way, and they were just giving us all the information we mm-hmm. needed. Um uh, that's uh that's I, I actually want to watch that now. I, yeah, I, no I it was it was really cool. that's really cool. So um yeah, they put together this crew. Basically Michael Madsen is he's a hitman. Uh, he's a hitman, government a government bo- hired a, hitman, a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alfred Molina is just this brilliant doctor. Uh, Marge Helgenberger plays Dr. Laura Baker, another
1: She's a physicist, uh, I believe.
2: Yeah, so they basically put together this crew to you know they have they have a, a physicist, a doctor, a bounty hunter, mm-hmm. an empath, basically all the resources that they would need to try and track Sill down. Yeah, and it's they funny. go about it. And they it's do funny
1: because Michael Madsen's character, they when they're going through all of the scientific everything, when uh, Ben Kingsley is uh, describing this to them, he looks at Michael Madsen at one point. In time and he goes, "Are you following this? You're the only non-scientist here." Right. And he goes, "Well, let me get this straight. You fucked up." You want me to find it and kill it? And he goes, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because for a guy that they hire to do to basically find somebody and kill it, he doesn't do anything. He follows the government's <laughs> lead at every turn. He literally brings nothing to the table. Yeah, he really doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't do shit. Except for just looking <laughs> damn good. And and he and he bangs the uh physicist. They uh <laughs>
2: They, I, I did read that they, they let them improvise that entire sex scene,
1: which gives me a real insight to how she is in the bedroom oh, she's yeah. pretty forceful. Oh
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> they improvise that. All Some right. real shit coming out in there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just thought it was funny though. Was like Madsen's character is supposed to be the badass. He doesn't do anything.
2: No, he doesn't do except for. <laughs> except for the very last line let go over you motherfucker the that's the worst the worst
1: delivered motherfucker line <laughs> in cinema history oh jeez i do like this movie though like i said there's no there's, i do
2: too I, like i haven't watched it in years and i was surprised at how much it held up
1: actually. yeah it there's a lot of good to it it's not very deep it's just a fun sort of sexy alien romp
2: <laughs> A nice, sexy alien, Rob. You know Natasha Henstridge, probably the sexiest alien in cinematic hands, history, hands
1: down. Uh, and for barring, her
2: first... barring uh, Jeff Goldblum in Earth Girls Are Easy, it's
1: true. It's true. <laughs> I, I, there's no arguing that. Um, Robin Williams in Mork and Mindy. Oh, there you go, Mork, another sexy. Um, <laughs> I will give this uh, Natasha Henstridge uh, did pretty good for her first role. Yeah, absolutely. For her very first role, she was just a model before. Well, especially so considering she had... not I mean, just a model, but you know she yeah, had any no. acting experience or anything like no, that. She, she did pretty good though. She
2: did great, and she and she had to. I, it's pretty demanding stuff. I mean, it, it can't be even for a model who's used to kind of being in like skimpy clothes and stuff to have to be naked on screen in yeah. front of a film crew for a majority of this movie it... she was really good at it though
1: <laughs> <laughs> she was really good at it um, I, the last thing that I want to bring up because I think it's funny is uh, there's a sex scene between uh, Natasha Hendricks and um, Alfred Molina, Molina. and uh, it's funny because one of the behind the scenes thing that I was reading they were both very nervous about it especially Natasha Hendricks she was very nervous about sure, it first yeah. time she's ever done it and the way that he calmed her down, he goes, I've only ever done one sex scene, too. And it was with another guy. <laughs> and, I, and I guess that just totally like brought her down. Like, oh, okay.
2: <laughs> that scene bugged me so much because the whole, the whole movie, they've been looking for this alien who they know just wants to mate with somebody. Uh-huh. And they've seen her on... Granted, they've only seen her on uh, security footage. Yep. So it's kind of blurry. But... For the most part, he kind of knows what she looks like, but she ends up dyeing her hair uh, brown.
1: She pulled a Superman. She put on glasses, and they couldn't recognize her. She
2: shows up in his hotel room, complete, like, like she just broke in, and he's uh-huh. like, oh, what are you doing in my hotel room? And she's like, I saw you down in the bar. I just wanted to meet you, so I broke into your hotel room. And then all of a sudden, she just instantly wants to have unprotected sex. It's like, there should be red flags going up all over the place, man.
1: But it seems like it's been... A- Alfred Molina's character, though, he's kind of lonely. It seems like you know he kind of wants
2: he did affection. He, spend, he yeah, wants he something. A, he spends a good portion of the movie trying to not only make friends but also trying to like hit on, hit on girls in the bar yeah. and stuff like that. And so.
1: even the uh, scientist, or the the physicist. But that's still, there. come on, man! Like you got to see these signs when they're coming <laughs> I don't If know. if I came home, <laughs> came home. If I was out <laughs> somewhere, staying in a hotel room, and Natasha Henstrich via 1993. Or ninety five rather was in my hotel room. I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing whatever she wants. <laughs> Mur-
2: murder me afterward. I don't care. Don't I care. Mean.
1: Anyway, that anyway, was yeah, I that's think, species. Yeah, let's I mean, move on. It is what it is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next movie we're going to talk about was uh, kind of a doozy.
1: Yeah. So uh, we're, we're going to go from <clears throat> not deep to skin deep.
2: Ooh. Ah, you see what I mean? There. Ooh,
1: uh, actually, skin Deep's not very deep either. Um, very, it's actually a very deep movie. Um, yeah, it's got a, it's got a lot of,
2: lot to unpack here. Um, it's, it's called Under the Skin. It's from 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about a mysterious young woman who seduces lonely men in the evening hours in Scotland. However, events lead to her, lead her to begin a process of self-discovery.
0: Ooh, a lady of the night. A lady, <laughs> she basically she is. Kind la- of is, yeah.
2: This movie, I'm gonna say this right off the bat: this movie is probably not for everyone. I agree, and uh, it has no. I, I would say, personally, has no rewatch value for me. Really? Yeah. I I would. I think I would. I think after thinking about it and a- analyzing it in my own a Cro-Magnon way, and Taking away what I think I need to take away from it, I don't really feel like I need to watch it again.
1: It's it's not one that I will go back to anytime soon. Yep. That being said, I think that it's um it's the kind of movie that I might watch with somebody else who's never seen it. Maybe you know, maybe that yeah, kind of watch. Yeah, um, sure,
2: just to show somebody else and get their opinion. Like I I might watch it with my wife because she's way smarter than me and it's, like
1: <laughs> it's kind of like Schindler's List. Like I'm not gonna put that movie on for fun. Right, I'm gonna watch it for a purpose. Yeah. You know, like, I'm going to own it still because it's a great movie and it's a fantastically made movie, <laughs> but I'm not going to watch it all the time. Um, so this movie, uh, directed by a guy named Jonathan Glazer. Mm-hmm. Um, familiar to you?
2: Jonathan Glazer? Yes. Um, the name yes. sounds familiar.
0: Is it supposed to be familiar? No. He's no. a, he's but, a m- music guy or something. music industry, I'll say,
1: right? But you do know his work. Oh, do you I? You do know his work. Okay. Um, he directed this little video... Called Virtual Insanity. Yeah, dude, really, Jamiroquai. Jamiroquai? He I directed that, that video. I
2: love that video. It's so awesome.
1: Now, and the other, the other big video that he did, um, judging from this movie, kind of pretentious, right? And it's in its very deep thinking sort of way. This movie. Yes. Yeah. What band would you associate him with? <laughs> I'm.
2: <laughs> Radiohead. He did the Karma
1: Police video. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: I only say that because now I'm looking at his IMDb. Oh come on! You yeah, sorry. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would have guessed it. it because there's plenty of pretentious bands out True. there. but but uh, Radiohead being probably. I the do most love pretentious the Karma Police
1: video, though. I've always loved it.
2: Um, I don't remember that one. Oh,
1: it's the guy chasing the car, and then he gets lit on fire at the end, and he's chasing down the car, completely ablaze. Oh. Oh. Really? Oh, yeah. Now, Tom yeah, York's in the yeah, backseat, singing It, it singing just came song. back to me. All right, so uh, Starling. Starling. starring Scarlett Johansson, and that's pretty much it. As the Starling. As the Starling. Because she is. Uh, she is just known as the female. Mm-hmm. Nobody in this movie has names except for one guy. That's it. Which who's, is Who's the one guy? I don't uh, even know the... Gary? That, was that his name? I Andrew. Andrew. Thank you. Andrew was his name. He's the only, he's the guy at the end that's actually really nice to her after she goes through her like flip of identity.
0: Oh, but okay. We're, but yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're moving ahead. Yeah, of, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's one thing that I love too, because like when you're when you're watching the movie, you're not thinking that it's not like, "Hey, there you, first victim, come over here." But when you look at IMDb, it's <laughs> yeah, the female, the bad man, the it's dead woman, pickup man, the ambiguous. First victim. Yeah, it's the, all stuff like, "Man, that club." Well, there's not a lot of uh, there's the, the first I think solid piece of dialogue
1: doesn't take place until like twelve minutes into the movie. Right. Yeah. There's it's, a, it's it's a mood piece. I, I've said that in the past, but it absolutely is. It's oh, a you movie. just
2: love saying I mood. I do. Piece. I do. But it, it makes, exists. It, in, it makes you sound like such an asshole.
1: It's the fifth mood piece it's a, and uh, it's a, very. Uh, it it it's,
2: makes <laughs> it makes me think of somebody standing in front of a a giant blank canvas <laughs> with one single red dot in the middle. And the, saying, "This is a mood piece. This
1: is a mood piece. It's about it's, the
2: it's about the duality of man." And it, it's, it's no, perfect, fuck you. It's a perfect, red dot in the middle of the canvas.
1: Nothing is perfect. <laughs> Everything has a red dot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I said, this movie's probably not for everybody because no. it, it's. I'd say literally like uh, like probably eighty percent of the movie is just her driving around in this giant van, yep. pulling up to different dudes, asking them where they're going. If they say they're going to meet with friends or family, she continues driving. If they say that they're alone, she picks them yeah. up. That's it, that's it that's wins, like a majority of the movie. This
1: movie wins the gold medal at the uh, Slow Burn Olympics. <laughs> yeah. It really does. Because uh-huh. it it it's it's a sludge. It really is. It moves at a snail's pace. That being said though, for as slow as it moves, it's not that you're not getting information, because you are. Yeah. You're just you're absorbing it at a very slow pace. Um, Which is
2: kind of necessary for this movie because sure. there's a lot to take in, and even even though it's moving so slowly, and also I, this, it might seem the way that I'm describing it might seem like I didn't enjoy it. Like I was actually really interested the whole time. Mm-hmm. I never got I never got bored with it, even though it was a super slow pace. Neither did
1: I. Um, and I'm gonna get into some of the more. Uh, 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 descriptive parts of the movie and i want to we, we talked about this last week we are we're no longer going to pretend that we're not going to give spoilers yeah so if you want to see this movie uh, i'd skip ahead or whatever because we are going to talk about the ending i'm mm-hmm. sure um and and what happens so be warned um so we had talked about how she she drives around and picks up unassuming gentlemen who are more often than not by themselves at night. Nobody around them. She does like a quick interview with them to see what their backstory is, see if anyone's gonna miss them, if they're with anybody, if they're whatever. Right. And if they <clears> fit her criteria, she picks them up, asks them to basically go back to her place, and then they sink into the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't think that I really jumped too much and that. No, <laughs> no, not at all. It's like, it's pretty
2: it's pretty bizarre. Like, um I mean it's totally an art house film. Uh-huh. Uh but if you if, if like I, the way that I would describe it, if you've seen Stranger Things, it's the same as the Upside Down, but yeah. not not the version of it where like uh, where it's just like our world except for all decrepit. It's like the version of it upside where Upside Down. Well, that's yeah, <laughs> that's that's like the Upside Down that everybody else sees. Sure. But the Upside Down that Eleven goes to when she's in the it's just the tank. It's nothingness. Yep. And it looks like they're walking on water. Well, and,
1: and she basically is. However, it's like this, like weird, like gelatinous, uh, reflective surface. And, and she just Johansson kinda... walks across it, but the guys just sink into this like tar sludge. Well, and she has them in kind
2: of a trance, you know, like they're just walking toward her, and and she's like taking her clothes off. Mm-hmm. They think they're gonna get laid because that's what dudes to think about.
1: Come to me.
2: We got to talk about that, by the way. <laughs> and. um... And then they just kind of slowly walk into the floor and then
1: they're gone. They're gone. Um, and it's weird. You don't know what that even means for a little while because she does this a few times before it cuts to one of her, her victims uh, and it shows them under the floor. And it kind of reminds me of, uh, we talked about in Get Out, where uh, his character sinks into the chair yeah. and he's looking he's looking up into this like little view space. Well, for in this movie, these guys are falling into this, like, liquid mm-hmm. and they can see above them but that's it like it's like they're in this giant just stasis if you will right um and then slowly their skin starts to
2: this is one of the coolest scenes actually yeah it's awesome um,
1: it's really really cool
2: one one of the guys that she draws into this uh, place sinks under under the floor and this is the first time that you see what's going on underneath the surface okay. and um
1: their skin almost gets like real pruny. How your skin gets a little loose around well, your your well, he, muscles. Well, melt. he
2: sees another guy underneath, floating there. But this guy, like, there's no definition to yeah, any of his muscles his or anything like that. His just floating on him. And then he goes, like, you see them? They reach out and they touch each other, like they touch hands. And then all of a sudden, one of the weirdest and coolest things I've ever seen in a movie. This guy's this guy just he almost looks like a jellyfish. He and then pops. all of a sudden he pops and collapses and it's just his skin floating through the water mm-hmm. which is just it's like bizarre. a plastic
1: bag in american beauty just kind of floating <laughs> yeah.
0: through the air
2: and it's, one so it's beautiful one thing that we didn't we weren't sure uh, what was going on like we didn't pick up on i, I kind of thought what was happening was they were harvesting the skin mm-hmm. so that more of them could be covered in human skin It was like a slow invasion, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she was drawing people into this place, they would fall underneath the surface, their insides would liquefy or whatever, and then all that was left was the skin, and then they could use those skins as suits for more aliens, which still makes sense. They could use it for that, sure. But uh, I also read up on the novel a little bit, because this is loosely based on a novel and a apparently they they there's much more expose in the novel basically what she's doing is what her job is is to lure these men in and then they
1: harvest the meat they're basically
2: harvesting the meat to send which, back to her home planet which because there, it's a delicacy there
1: is a scene in the movie though that does pair up with the novel and there's in the scene in the movie it's like this long red um like elevator or not elevator uh, like a What's the word I'm looking for? It looks like a... a conveyor belt. Conveyor belt, that yeah. Goes, that That just goes down. It's like you're looking at a tunnel. You know, it just gets big to small. Right. It's just all this, like, bread and meat-ish stuff yeah. being down this conveyor belt. And what we're led to believe is that that's the human meat, the if The meat will. going back to and the they talk home about, planet. Yeah, yeah, and they talk about this in the book a little bit. Uh, and the book's a lot more tongue-in-cheek, from my understanding. It's a lot more... Um, it's not... An art house book at all. It's there's narrative to it. There's right. characters. There's, you know, uh, the, the this movie adaptation was, it was good because it it wasn't a straight adaptation. It basically, it's like someone read it and goes, ooh, I like this one idea, right? And just took that one small idea and made a movie out of it.
2: I'd be interested to, I'd be interested to talk to somebody who had read the novel mm-hmm. and see and seen the film and see what they think about the film. Yeah, the Because girl, my guess is if you read the novel first and then saw the film, you
1: might not like the film. Or you would appreciate the fact that it's very different. Mm, uh, maybe. The yeah. the novel follows uh, an alien named Israeli uh, Israeli. Oh, yeah. Um And it follows her and she basically picks up human traits and she becomes human and it's her journey from going from being an alien to taking on human aspects. And I thought about something. Um, I like the idea... In the very, very beginning of Under the Skin, um, the first time that you see Scarlett Johansson's character, uh, she walks into basically like a giant, like light box of a room,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, this uh, this girl is on on the floor, mm-hmm. and Scarlett Johansson then basically takes all of her clothes off to put on to herself, and you see that you think the girl's dead, but then you see a small tear run down the corner of her eye; she's very much alive and she's very much feeling emotions. Mm-hmm. But there's no other expose whatsoever. She was yeah. picked up on the side of the road, brought there, that's all you know about it. I kind of like the idea that that girl is Israeli. Mm-hmm. And that the original book could have been her, and Scarlett Johansson was just the next one in line. Oh. And then goes through all the same things herself. It's almost just kind of a... Continuation sort of, the story. of in a, in a very different type of storytelling. Yeah, I kind of like. I don't know that that's what it is. Did you actually? But I kind of like the idea. Are there of that. other people? Who have no, that no. I was, just I just thought like of this when I was up. reading it. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of that.
2: Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: You could read it, know what the backstory is, and then see this other alien's journey going through that same thing.
2: Well, because there's there's really no explanation to that woman in the beginning. Like uh-huh. we didn't even realize that she was an alien necessarily at yeah. first until we had really thought about it um and and admittedly read some other opinions uh, uh-huh. that that people had so basically just to kind of break down the story in a a short amount of time here it's uh Scarlett johansson's character which might be earnestly might not be she's the female uh-huh. um she's she's doing this job and she's doing it well Uh-huh. But then a few things happen that cause her to start feeling like actual human emotions, like yep. pity and uh, and and regret. She and she p- and she starts to she starts to not do her job effectively because she's feeling these real human emotions.
1: The first time I think that she really feels it, she picks up a deformed man mm-hmm. on the side of the road, uh, played by a guy named Adam Pearson, um, who is a fan- fantastic uh, role in this movie. Yeah, um, and and it's funny <clears throat> because this movie is all is very much about uh people i think people's inner beauty and how people perceive beauty yeah and what people see on the surface as opposed to what's underneath under the skin Ooh. and um adam pearson is a guy who has a real life uh, d- uh deformity His, uh, due uh, to
0: um
2: neurofibromatosis n-
1: yes and uh, he actually is an activist for this very thing yeah for just talking to people you know and and, and
2: well, cause he's, he's just a normal 26 year old guy who happens to have this mm-hmm. affliction where he, he grows these, uh, like really massive tumors yeah. on his face. And so, so his, you know, his face is deformed yeah. basically, but, uh, and
1: the, the movie is, is sort of about seeing stuff like that. And like I said, in real life, he does like disability bullying, yeah. like, and he speaks on this stuff right. in real life. So it's kind of a cool thing to see him in this role because it's exactly what he does in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway continue so i just thought that was an important part to bring up Uh,
2: i i think i think that has everything to do it is very important because that that was kind of the turning point for her character is Mm -hmm. she she picks this guy up and she's acting like there's for the first time in his life there's somebody who's seeing past yeah what he looks like on the surface it's like
1: his face doesn't even matter
2: so right and she actually talks about and they uh i, I guess they actually Im- improvise this entire mm-hmm. conversation but she talks about how beautiful his hands are and he seems surprised by this like uh See, oh you like, notice my hands yeah, you not notice my, my hands face? and not my yeah. face and, and uh she takes him back and she t- tries to do the same thing to him where she traps him in this ooze whatever mm-hmm. the hell it is but then starts to feel pity for him and and ends up letting him go
1: but she- and that happens because she sees a fly darting against a window that's trapped behind this glass. Like
2: this fly can see the light beyond the window.
1: The same way the people underneath this ooze. Ooze, if you will, can see the real world, but they're trapped. Right. And she ends up letting them go. Now, another one of the characters we did not mention yet is the motorcycle man. Yeah. Throughout this entire movie, there's a guy that sort of follows her, follows her around, and sort of cleans up after her, mm-hmm. makes sure that she's doing the job that she's doing. Uh, obviously, he's another alien, right? And uh, when when Scarlett Johansson saves the deformed man, he basically picks him up and kills him. Kills him, right? Uh, basically, you can't let people go. We need these people. you're not doing your job right
2: and nobody can know what's really going on here so if you slip up we have to clean up your mess and
1: he then knows that she is feeling human emotion like probably the person before her Right. and so after this part she kind of goes in this downward spiral and she starts um, doing more human things she tries food yeah, which goes horribly wrong. She,
2: she tries to eat a piece of cake and basically throws yeah. up. She tries. She, tries
1: it. Uh, she picks up another guy, or a guy actually kind of picks her guy up picks because her up, yeah. the roles are sort of reversed. Mm-hmm. And uh, he takes her back to the house, and and she tries to have sex with him, and it just doesn't work. She's extremely freaked out by what's going on. I don't think that she realized what happened Mm -hmm. she saw people's what they do on tv and this and that she picked up these things along the way Mm -hmm. but she had no idea what it was and when they coited she got extremely freaked out by it
2: well i think i think also it just didn't work because he tried to
1: she's wearing a skin suit in all fairness she's
2: wearing a she's wearing a skin suit so he tried to penetrate and i think I think yeah. probably because once she takes the skin suit off at the end, like she, her body is just there, yeah, yeah. There was nothing there, so like in that moment, she was probably more freaked out about damaging the skin but suit. But she
1: looked at herself though, like she went to the corner of the bed with a lamp, just shining it in her crotch base. Yeah, like what is this? Like what just happened to me? Like yeah. and she's very confused and she's scared. Yeah, and um and and very it's obviously she cannot be a human. She feels these human traits and she's learning but she can't be it Mm -hmm. and so she goes through this this identity crisis which ultimately leads her out into the boonies the woods into the woods um and we're gonna really give away spoilers here but it's sort of important yeah she finds a shack basically for hikers to camp out if there's bad weather or if they need a break or this and that she falls asleep and um there's a guy that she met along the way who comes back and basically tries to rape her.
2: He seemed really friendly, but then he ends up coming back, doubling back, and and, and trying to rape her, and, and the whole idea behind it uh, is that he sees her uh, physical beauty and decides that he wants to take advantage of that, so he yeah. tries to rape her. But then, in the midst of this struggle, he ends up accidentally tearing her skin suit. And so then she walks off into the woods and peels the skin suit and off... And one of
1: the coolest scenes ever. Yeah, it's really oh, awesome. Oh, man.
2: She peels the skin suit off and reveals what she actually is, which is just this black, black alien underneath. Mm-hmm. And then when he sees what she really is, he comes up and douses her in gasoline like lights her on, her on fire. And just kills her. Which, I mean, what, if you're... What
1: a bummer ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: And that's, that's just kind of how it ends. But if you're thinking, like, if you're thinking about it in terms of what it actually means, it's like he... He saw her uh, physical beauty uh-huh. and wanted to take advantage of it and then once he found out what she really was underneath the skin uh-huh. he wanted to he was disgusted by it and wanted to destroy it a lot which of, which kind of speaks to how
1: people uh, are in real life people,
2: yeah like you uh, unfortunately a lot of people like that uh, like all my bitch ex-girlfriends <laughs> well, no, <laughs> unfortunately there's a there's a lot of people like that it's there like they they're, they're they only see people for what they are on the surface, and then once they find out anything about what's underneath, they they're they turned they're turned and, off yeah, by it, yeah. or they want to destroy it so that they you know mm-hmm. can just uh, so that they can t- continue to just focus on what they think is important, which is what's on the surface. It's it's weird. Like I said, there's I said at the beginning of this, there's a lot to unpack yeah. here. Um, I would
1: rec I would recommend if if it sounds even remotely interesting, give it a watch. You know, yeah. I think it it is a fantastically made film. It really is. It's a yeah. great film. yeah, um, just not for everyone. The one lesson that I do want uh, I do want to end with about this one is in the very beginning when Scarjo's picking up all of the uh, the guys, yeah, uh, that was not acted. They had hidden cameras in the van in the in the van that she was in. And all those guys were not actors. Really? She really went up to people on the street in Scotland and talked to them. That's why the the, the dialogue seems so real. Some of them got into the van. It's all hidden camera. Really? And, they actually and had to then get, they
2: told them afterward?
1: It wasn't until after they were done that they told them what was actually going on had to get releases for them to be in the film. Huh. So, so the, it's kind so, of interesting. So then
2: some of the dudes that she actually takes back to her lair and they sink into the... The pit are those not
1: actors? There's or? some guys that she doesn't bring back that cut a lot. Yeah, because um, some guys that she talks to and doesn't bring into the van. Like there's there's probably a mix of both, but a lot of the guys weren't. Interesting. Like she's just talking to random people. That's. <laughs> um, the, gorilla the part, filmmaking. The basically. part where she's uh, she's walking down the street and she falls flat in her face mm-hmm. was also done, from my understanding, a hidden camera. That's why there's so many people that kind of come around her and help her up. Yeah. And there was actually a meme that went around for a while of Scarlett Johansson just falling in public. Yeah. Because no one knew it was no for a film. <laughs> it wasn't until the film came out that people got what it was. Wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah. So it's kind of cool. Cool, a cool way of filmmaking as well. Yeah, though. absolutely. Through auteur Awesome. I use that. Did I, I use that word right? I've no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Whoa! Jesus!
2: You almost knocked our whole Did you feel that operation. Earth- over. Did you feel that earthquake. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, let's let's move on from this movie. We have yes. one more movie to talk about. We're gonna try and do it quick because because uh, Jay looks like he wants to shoot us in the face with his gun.
0: Ah <laughs> oh, no! It's just one o'clock in the morning. I got up at five thirty, so I'm fighting to try to. To stay to yeah stay, uh, stay through
2: well here let's talk about a movie that Jay has uh has Jay seen has before seen. we're gonna talk about the faculty from yeah. 1998 which I I think we touched on this movie a long time ago we
1: ta- I think we touched on it in our um this school was, our schoolhouse yeah episode. this
2: was back when we used to talk about like 10 movies yeah. per episode though so we'll just go into a little more detail
1: about yeah. this one before it was like oh yeah there was that cool movie moving on <laughs> and that was it
2: so, uh, 1998, The Faculty, a horror tale set in a high school where the students suspect the teaching staff of being aliens who are intent on making the students their victims. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed
1: by Robert Rodriguez, you should probably know his name. He did the Mexico Trilogy, uh, you know, Desperado, uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, El Mariachi, uh, Sin City, Planet Terror, From Dust Till Dawn, uh, Machete. All that. Who doesn't know Robert Rodriguez? He's amazing.
2: I don't. I don't recognize any of the movies. Oh well, he assistant. did the
1: Mexico trilogy. He did <laughs> Sin <sincere>. City.
2: <laughs> um, so this is uh, this is starring Michael Heckman, circa yes. circa two thousand one. <laughs> uh, if you guys don't know, Mike looks extraordinarily like.
1: I'm starting to get more handsome.
2: Elijah Wood. <laughs> it's really weird, especially in this movie. This was like. Elijah Wood, 1998, and Michael Heckman, 2001, are are almost identical except for the hair color. It's I'll really it. creepy.
1: Um, okay, so Elijah Wood, Bob Patrick, plays Coach Willis. Oh, man. Right? Uh, John Stewart has a role in this, which I think is awesome, <laughs> yeah. randomly. Uh, Christopher McDonald has a role. You know, shoot him. Shooter. 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 Um, which he has one of my favorite parts in this movie. Uh, Jordana Brewster's very first role. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Clea Duvall, who would go on... I think she's in C- one of the CSI shows. Or I long, believe so, yep. in CSI. Um Laura Harris plays uh, Mary Beth Louise Hutchison. She went on to another police procedural as well. I don't know oh, yeah, off the top right, of my did. head. Mm-hmm. Josh Hartnett did some stuff. Just classic g- dreamboat. You um, know. This is only his second movie. Mm-hmm. Second movie. Um, Selma, Selma Hayek. Hayek has a role. Famke... Mwah! Jansen has a role. <laughs> I love Famke Jansen. She is gorgeous. Pretty good actress too. Um, <laughs> what a dick. Here's the weird thing. Hey, you're forgetting. You're forgetting. No, I'm not. You're forgetting. I'm not. What? I'm not forgetting. Oh wait. Ursher oh. is also in this movie. Ursh- here's the Ursh- uh, here's the weird thing about this. He's
0: yeah on, man. He's on the box art, right?
1: <laughs> but he's like the, one one of of the, the
0: smallest, smallest roles in. in it. It. Yeah. It's like why? What? Well, if I had Usher in my movie, yeah, if you got
2: Usher in the movie, you're gonna I put suppose, him on the. list. You know. Well, think about it. Nineteen ninety-eight. This was like the height of of, but, of of Usher's musical career.
1: But then you also have Stan, uh, played by a guy named Sean Hatosi, uh, Hatosi, Hatosi. We're gonna Hattose, go with that. Yeah. He's a main character, and he's not on the box art.
2: Oh, you're absolutely right. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: not. Usher's on it, what? but
0: he's not. I, I don't know. It just didn't make any sense to me. I think they just got too caught up in Usher's fame of that song, you know. So, <laughs> so <I> gotta... <sighs> He'll be here all night. <laughs> um, also, don't forget... Literally, because Pi- uh, it's all night. <laughs> don't forget
2: Piper Laurie. Who, yeah. Yep. Who played uh, the crazy-ass mom in Carrie. Yep. Oh. Just, just
1: a crazy stacked one cast the, for this movie. This,
2: yeah, this was... I mean, this was the typical... Like '90s era yeah. slasher—well, not really slasher, but a horror flick with just tons and tons of beautiful young people and well-recognized old people. Which, which
1: would have made it even more that movie is the fact that uh, before Jordana Brewster was uh, cast as Delilah, mm-hmm. charisma Carpenter was supposed to get the role from Buffy the Vampire oh, Slayer. Yeah. That would have made it like the Valentine equivalent. Yeah, <laughs> like. Of the WB people, you know? I'm glad they went with Jordana. Jordana Brewster. Oh, I, I agree. I She's great in this.
2: Dude, when I was uh, so this movie came out when I was 14. Mm-hmm. I saw Jordana Brewster and I almost died of a heart attack. Like when I was she eat better when I was 14. She well, yeah. At that, <laughs> at that time, I was I was sustaining myself with Taco Bell, but nah. yeah, I saw her. I was like, oh my goodness.
1: So this movie starts off uh, the way that any movie should start off, and that is uh, with a track by The Offspring. Mm-hmm. Any movie that starts off with that is going to be good in my book.
2: This whole, this whole, <laughs> this whole soundtrack fantastic. is like uh, amazing, like '90s alternative and, and mm-hmm. pop yeah, it, punk it, it's, and stuff. It's a fantastic it's awesome. soundtrack.
1: Um, okay, so it starts off, and you get an, a, a description of the high school. It's the worst high school you've ever seen in your life. Everyone's beating up on everybody. Everyone's like selling drugs, doing drugs. Like the teachers don't give a shit. Like they're alcoholics. They're—it's like the most fucked up high school. It was a ever caricature
2: seen. of a high school. It like, really was. Ba- yeah. Basically, like, take take all the all the singular things that are wrong with any high school in USA, put them all together into one school, and that was this place. Yeah.
1: Um, the, the, the movie doesn't hide any leads either. Too pretty much right off the bat, you know that Bob Patrick becomes an alien. Yeah. Pretty. They don't. They don't. They don't bury the lead whatsoever. Uh, he then comes in and starts infecting the faculty one by one. Uh, it's at this point when Elijah Wood finds like a little maggot-looking thing, shrimp magnet, shrimp magnet. Shrimp magnet. <laughs> it's like a little shrimpy-looking thing uh, out in out in the grass. Um, and John Stewart, the teacher, puts it in water, and they find out that it's, they think what well, is a new species. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from this point on basically that the one by one, the people, of the school, one of the towns, sort of gets all just kind of taken over by the aliens. Yes, <laughs> that, that that's basically the movie. The whole movie is essentially that.
2: Yeah, it's like a, it's like well, I'm you heard in the intro um, with Clea DuVall as Stokely, she kind of she mentions invasion of the body snatchers uh-huh. and puppet masters, yep. which by the way, puppet masters was one of my jams when I was younger, the movie, not the book, because I'm. Yeah. Um, Halfway illiterate, but uh, <laughs> um, it's it's kind of it's kind of along the same lines. It's just something that's getting passed from person to person. It's a parasite, uh-huh. and uh, and yeah, so you you end up with this ragtag crew. We say that a lot on this show because it is a ragtag crew of youngsters <laughs> who, for some reason, are able to figure out every aspect of what's going on, including. Josh Hartnett, his character, who he even himself in the movie explains himself as a contradiction. Yeah. Because he's the one who's peddling drugs.
1: He's a genius. But
2: he's also a genius. Yep. Um, with the worst haircut ever. Really is. What the hell's
1: with his haircut in this movie? I'm pretty sure we all probably had similar cuts back then.
0: <laughs> it's um,
2: so bad. Buddy's got an awesome car, so that makes up for it's it. True, it's true. He drives a GTO. Mm-hmm. Like an old classic GTO. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome.
1: So the <laughs> the kids basically, one by one, start to believe what's happening. Mm-hmm. And they kind of band together and they're, they're this merry, merry little band of misfits running around trying to save the school and essentially the world, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, it's funny. The the way that they realize that this thing is, is sort of an alien is that They put it in this this fish tank because they realized that water kind of revived it a little bit Uh and the first thing that john stewart's character john stewart's character does is put his hand in the tank with this species he's never probably (laughs) ill-advised i'm just gonna put that out on record probably ill-advised he's like he's like i want to he's
2: like the texture of the skin uh, changed after we got it wet so i just want to feel it
1: and it's like dude that's that's a horrible idea. That's how people found out lionfish were poisonous. For the exactly. Like, oh, Who to would touch it? <laughs> oh, look at that thing! <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, that little shrimpy thing though um, that we're talking about with shrimpy the thing. lionfish, if you will. Uh, <laughs> uh, that end, ends up go, it ends up going missing, and that's kind of how the whole catalyst of the movie starts. Mm-hmm. Know, that's how the kids all kind of band together and find out they're all together for the first time, and. Um, and yeah, so they end up uh, banning together, leaving the school, and figuring out that the drugs that Josh Hartnett makes out of like caffeine pills are toxic to the to the aliens. Well, they're diuretic, so okay. they
2: so they, they they basically dry the
1: oh, parasites that out. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> okay.
2: because well, these things are, you find out again later in the movie that uh, they came from a world that was basically just vast oceans. Mm-hmm. The whole planet was covered in oceans. So, they need water to survive. That makes sense. Which was pretty obvious when John Stewart poured, or dropped it in the, the tank. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so they go back to uh, Josh Hartnett's house, and they, in order to figure out who's not an alien, they have to basically snort a vial, a pen full of this this drug. Pretty brilliant way of like... Uh, but why would you have to do the entire vial? Because they all get loopy as shit afterwards. Last thing that I want to be during an alien invasion is high off my ass, not knowing what's going on.
2: Well, plus, plus there's other there's other things in the world that are diuretic that won't get you super high. Well, I don't know. Why. But
1: he also talks about how the, the, he basically made them out of... They, they found out that he basically made them out of these like, caffeine pills. Yeah. Just a caffeine pill. Well, take, it was just like just it take was, a pill.
2: it was caffeine pills mixed with a bunch of other household All right, fine, shit. fine, so. fine, fine. I
1: don't know. It seemed, it seemed like they could have done things a little differently, but they're kids and they wanted to get high, and I respect that. Dude, doing, <laughs> doing drugs is cool,
2: Mike, and that's why, I, that's the, the point they were trying to make is doing drugs is cool, so, and it will save your life. That's true. That's, that's true. true. Not a very good message to send. So, so what did you love about this flick, though? This flick. It's a flick. Yes, this flick. I, uh, <laughs> I, I honestly like. I, I had a, I had a great time rewatching this. I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh-huh. Um, the first time before I get to my favorite part, just a little backstory. The first time that I ever watched this movie, my sister and I rented it. It was like one of those days. It, it was back before my family had uh, central air, uh-huh. so uh, we had just the whole living room covered in sheets. I don't know why. Did you guys do that when you were younger? No. You'd cover your living room in sheets when it was super hot? I don't know why the hell we did this. No. Our was... living room was covered in sheets. And <laughs> we were laying there just like, oh, fuck, this sucks. And then so we popped in this movie that we had rented. We watched it. And then we immediately watched it again. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh rewound it you know waited the 5 minutes for Our her, family for it to didn't rewind. do that
0: either. We watched the movie's once and that was No, it was, was just, for the evening.
2: It was just me and me and my sister <laughs> we we watched it we immediately rewound it watched it again and then uh, my buddy Greg came over and we're like dude you got to see this Did movie. Watch it a third so time? we we immediately rewound it again watched flick. it again and then later that night before we went to bed we had a couple more people over. All right, they were on So drugs. four times. Fair. I watched this movie four times in one day. And that's why I loved it so much when I was younger. Um, as far as favorite parts go, uh, shit. I uh, I really.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Why don't you give me your favorite part? Oh, mine's because, easy. Like, uh, Shooter McGavin has my favorite part in it. Shooter. After Elijah Wood. Uh, tries to tell his parents what's going on at the school before the rest of the kids are involved in it. Uh his dad doesn't believe him, thinks he's on drugs. Oh. And so they're going around the room mm-hmm. and they're like, no more this, no more this, no more this. And then his mom just goes, He's porno. Mm-hmm. And so his dad so so Shooter, I'm calling him Shooter because why not? Pulls up or whatever and he see pulls out the magazines and he goes, sorry champ, no more flogging the bishop. <laughs> And then, and then, so fast forward a couple of minutes, and Elijah Wood is breaking out of the house, and he opens his window, sees like the the faculty as aliens, falls off of his roof. His dad hears him, comes outside, and he comes out. He goes, "What do you think you're doing?" Whatever, blah blah. But he still has the porno in his hands.
2: Well, it's literally <laughs> only like 30 seconds later, isn't it? It's
1: still funny. His daddy could have put him down. He wasn't doing it,
2: <laughs>
1: Shooter. Um, shooter.
2: Did you notice that? Uh, because at, at, at one point, um, Shooter Christopher McDonald is talking to Coach Willis uh-huh. Bob Patrick, and he says, "He says uh, good, good luck with the game tonight, Coach.'" And uh, Bob Patrick turns around, and gives, gives him, him the, the old, gives yep. him the old gun, has a, a little nod to Shooter McGavin. Yep. That was really cool.
1: Um, While well, you're thinking of your favorite part, oh yeah, I it. still have to do okay. that. Yeah, um, you know this this episode's about tales and female aliens. Uh, this one doesn't come into play until a little bit later because you don't know which group of the friends is the uh, person in question. Well, it turns out uh, Mary Beth, whatever the hell her name was, um, yeah, Mary Beth Louise Hutchison Played, played by Laura Harris. Uh, she ends up being the queen. She's fir- the
2: the big bad of the movie. When you said Mary Beth, the first, the first name that came to my head Din- was... Berg. Dinberg. Dinberg. <laughs> Mary Beth Dinburg from all that. Uh, sorry, kids, um, if you don't get the reference. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway. You've never
1: seen Ross Perot. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so, Laura Harris's character, Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson, she's the main big bad. She's the, uh, the queen alien, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I, I, I love... She, she's kind of a femme fatale because she's trying to... She knows that Josh Harton's character is the one that has the drugs that can kill him. Mm-hmm. And she tries to basically get with him in the movie you know, a couple times. And get on his good side and this and that. So that's where that kind of comes into play. And then she just becomes a giant tentacled alien she-beast. And it's awesome. Does she look
2: like... Um, I haven't seen... Cloverfield in a long time, mm-hmm. but isn't that actually what the Cloverfield beast looks like?
1: uh ish. I mean, like a, small a, ten- scale? It's a tentacled
2: beast. I think there's a. I think there's oh, a connection. So? Yeah, think so? I think that's actually.
1: Um,
0: could be. Yeah, it, could. it
2: looks a lot like it. Does, it. You're right. I'm gonna look up a picture of it. I, I think it actually looks a lot like it. Um, um. I, I really so for favorite parts, I don't know what my favorite part was, but I I really liked. Uh, I've always liked the scene where. Um, Josh Hartnett at one point he realizes that he's got some of the drugs still left in his trunk in his car, so he goes out, and this is after pretty much the whole school's been taken over, and it's at night after the ball game, and he goes out and he uh, comes comes face to face with Van uh, <laughs> <Fanny laughs> Jansen's character, mm-hmm. which I can't remember her name, Miss Burke or yep. something, yeah, and so. What ensues between them is he jumps in like they have this little back and forth because he tried to he tried to sell her laxatives earlier and then condoms. cherry uh, yep. cherry flavored condoms and then he says something about that jumps into his car goes to take off and she smashes through the window she ends up in the back seat and he goes and he runs into the bus gets his uh, his seat belt clicked in just in time. And she gets thrown through the through the window, and then he climbs he climbs out, and just her head is disconnected from her body, but it's crawling.
1: It's very across. Mars attacks. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> like it's crawling
2: across the ground, with just this blank stare on her face, from these tentacles that are coming out of her neck, and the body's looking for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the fact that she goes and finds her body as this alien and reattached her head. And then at the end of the movie she's still alive.
1: I a lot of people do that. Some people get shot in the head. Some people like their bodies definitely got killed. Yeah, it's like aliens are not. <laughs> it's like just
2: because just because you killed the queen and the parasites inside of all all of these people died, her head should have probably just fell right off at that point. But she's alive at the end and mm-hmm. you get the very real sense that there's like some there's some stuff going on that a lot of people go to jail for nowadays. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. the you know, the the hot teacher Some that's Teacher-student they, relations. Yeah, they find uh-huh. out that the uh, the hot f- teacher is banging the student. The she goes faculty. to jail for <laughs> the,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> faculty. That's a good porn parody. There it is. Um, so, the, so the whole third act of this of the flick though is after you find out who the big bad is or whatever. It's them basically trying to figure out a way to kill her. Um, the effects of this movie are awesome. Really good. The practical effects, the, the even the digital effects are really good in this flick. Mm-hmm. Super, super good. Um, I was kind of surprised about that the first time or rewatching it. I remembered it being not as good for some reason, uh-huh. and I was pleasantly surprised that it actually held up. Um, and Elijah Wood, you know, I just kick ass
0: in the end of that movie. You do. Look, I you do.
2: do. You look really good.
1: <laughs> One thing that really like always kind
2: of bothered me is there's a part where after Mary Beth has exposed herself as um, as the alien
1: as a young nubile hot. <laughs> she's
2: she's walking through she's walking through the the locker room as her, her human form yeah but even though this looks cool it makes no sense uh, her shadow that she's casting is the giant tentacles of the alien queen oh why
1: does that they did that in a lot of movies though that doesn't make any sense yeah makes enough sense well, well, it's no, her true I... form but it, you're because not Because we see humans but really it's the alien that doesn't make any sense. Come on, James. <laughs>
2: uh, there's one other part that I really liked uh, was uh, that I just thought about. It's the beginning when uh, Bob Patrick is chasing after the principal, uh-huh. and he shows up in the, the hallway, and he starts running at her. Uh-huh. And he runs exactly the same as he did as T one thousand in Terminator two. He does the hands like, straight yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> that's just a little callback. I don't know if they did that on purpose or not, but it looked a lot like it. Could it. have
1: been it did the shooter thing. So I mean, I think the last was kind of stuff yeah. is kinda hidden in there. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, that's uh, that's the faculty. It's a fun. It's a fun flick. It's uh, we don't need to talk too much about it. No, it's, that's, it's, a,
2: that's a it's a sure great. I'm sure everybody for...
1: listening has probably seen it. At least Pro- most people probably.
2: So anyway, uh, that's uh, I think that's it for the Femalians, boys. <laughs> that's it. Uh, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, and Horror Amino at the Buzzkill
1: Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC. You can find J.
0: on all social media at Ocean Recording and www.oceanrecordingstudio.com. Also search for The Buzzkill Podcast on iTunes. I always forget that. <laughs> the Buzzkill Podcast. Space <laughs> in Buzzkill on that one.
2: If you like our show, uh, jump on there. Give us a review. That helps us out on the iTunes numbers, mm-hmm. whatever that means. <laughs> 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 and, uh, yeah, make sure you tell your friends. Yeah. Tell tell your parents. Yeah. They'd probably love this show. Tell your, tell your dog. Tell your dog. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. All right, boys. Uh, good time millions mm-hmm. see you next week cheers cheers boys see you